0: Tune into the Neil Prendiville Show weekdays from 9am on Corks Red FM. It's all excitement, as the Echo puts it today, and Red FM becomes Ed FM from midday today. And Corks ready for a couple of really big nights, and it's great to have a front page story like that on the front of any newspaper, but even better when it's on Lee side. The countdown's on to 70,000 fans getting ready to attend the Cork leg of, gosh, leg of the Ed Sheeran tour Thursday and Friday, and loads of excitement. On Lisa, And it's going to be great. There's going to be a right old buzz around uh, from lunchtime uh, tomorrow afternoon. So bring it on. So it's great. Great to have the buzz back and great to have gigs back, particularly the bigger ones. Meanwhile, um, I was thinking this morning about all the different things that have collapsed to governments down through the years because they figure that this row over turf, which is raging on because um, they really have stoked the fires of rural TDs, across all parties on this one um, the uh, Green Party um, and Eamon Ryan's been warned now that he's jeopardising the stability of the government because of the proposed ban on turf sales regardless of how he he kind of tries to take baby steps backwards on this one uh, you know, but the damage seems to have been done. So, Pete Ban fizzles out in, in turf war, as a headliner making uh, this morning. sun. TD's furious row over turf rages on. Mary Lou MacDonald is like a demon over it. Uh, she is uh, saying that and accusing the government of punishing people who burn turf uh, to heat their homes. Um, also, uh, the Independent doesn't pull back when they say it could actually bring down the government. Um, the Green Party leader finds himself heckled and shouted down by even Fine Gael TDs and government TDs who he's in coalition with. Uh, So that's an interesting one that it could bring the government down. I was thinking of other things in the past that have collapsed governments down through the decades. Um, You know, turf could bring down this government. Shoes collapsed another one years back over VAT on shoes. There was another one then involving wiretapping of journalists and then wasn't the one where the president was called a thundering disgrace. I think they all brought down governments and Brendan Smith brought down the people. Fáil. Priest brought down the 1994 Labour uh, Fianna Fáil Coalition. I think there was an issue with Albert Reynolds then insisting uh, on appointing Harry Whelan as the Attorney General. Stuff like that all brought down governments are, was, you know, maybe one of the fatal blows that eventually led to the collapse of governments down through the years. It could be turf. Uh, this time round, uh, the murder trial into the death and the killing of Santina uh, Cawley makes the papers again today because the murder trial jury was shown CCTV footage of a female leaving an apartment complex in Cork just minutes before the guards arrived on site. Um, now, the jury was shown CCTV footage of the woman. The guards believe it was um, uh, Karen Harrington. Um, and she's from Lakelands Crescent in Mahan and she's on trial at the Central Criminal Court sitting in Cork. She's entered a not guilty plea to the murder of Santina uh, back in 2019 on the Borean Manor Road. Uh, the 37-year-old was in a relationship with Michael Cawley, the father of the child, and that court case continues. We showed CCTV footage yesterday and also the jury we also told more details of her, of Santina's final hours up to when she uh, was discovered, uh, the injuries that she suffered and the fact that she passed away from her injuries in hospital a few hours after uh, emergency services were called uh, to the um, uh, to the complex. Uh, Another story that possibly will lead to a court appearance is two men in their 20s arrested in connection with the seizure of over 150 grand's worth of suspected cocaine. A couple of successful Garda operations in Ballincollig reported uh, in the papers this morning. Both have been charged before the courts this morning. 157,500 euro worth of suspected cocaine. And you wonder why there's so much of it around. You know, it's very interesting because people have also often asked in the past, you know, um, what are the nationality and the backgrounds of the people in Irish jails? and there's a very powerful survey a statistical analysis of sentencing as well over the past 12 months in this morning's examiner it's a Mick Clifford story he does great stuff Mick Clifford and he finds that the, the research shows that the average prison sentence handed down to a foreign to foreign born people for certain crimes so this would be for people not born here of, or, you know, of Irish descent their prison sentences can be a third higher than terms of imprisonment given to Irish-born offenders. And they give examples of that over a 12-month period. An Irish-born defendant, for instance, convicted of a drug offence, can receive an average of 23 months, while a foreign-born person convicted of the same offence can get 32 months. It's a big difference there between 23 months for an Irish person and 32 months for somebody from overseas. And sexual offences, those who are Irish-born can receive on average 52 months in jail, while a foreign-born offender 68 months in jail. And you got to wonder why. I mean, why is there those kind of disparities? And then apparently, we, we also find in the same survey that foreign-born people are actually overrepresented in Irish prisons. On average, one in seven prisoners is of a foreign background. Now, you might say, well, one in seven is quite low, but not when you work out the amount of foreign people here versus the amount of people born in Ireland. It's actually quite a high figure. They drill into other aspects then of, uh, you know, life for people who've been uh, foreign-born and serving time as prisoners. A lot of it is to do with, you know... A lot more isolation because they don't have as many visits as, say, Irish people would have in jail. Prejudice, discrimination, access to service and things like that. But I think the length of sentencing is is quite interesting. There are other stats in the papers today, like The Independent. Um, You know, rent continues to rise and, uh, you know, if you were to put a figure on it, they're suggesting 9% more expensive in the last year and then some, I would think, But what's really shocking is that there's been a 50% fall in the number of properties being newly registered with the RTB, the Residential Tenancy Board. Now, that would only lead you to believe that there's a lot less properties on the market are coming up for rent. 50 percent's a high figure, I think. And then something that I touched on yesterday that I most definitely will be coming back to this morning, and that is almost two thirds of Irish workers regret later in life not chasing their dream job when they op- had the opportunity to do so. A lot of the time they tend to go for security and stay in jobs that they don't like because the money might be good or you know they're settled in their way or they're stuck in a rut. But two thirds of the workforce regret not chasing their dream and more than half have completely and utterly fallen out of their, fallen out of love with the job if they ever had it in the first place. But one issue of it that I will be coming back to later is um, with regards to women's lack of confidence to hunt down their dream job. I don't necessarily think it's women's lack of confidence alone. I think maybe there are not enough, uh, you know, um, uh, uh, structures in place to help women to be more confident in the workplace or to push themselves more in the workplace or to give them more opportunities in the workplace. So that's quite interesting. And you know how we talk about um, lots of different issues involving uh, the roads that we share now because we share them with an awful lot more traffic and, of course, electric cars come with their own problems in the sense that you can't hear them and as a pedestrian, that's a problem. But there's a, an interesting one that makes the echo today where they talked to, talk to Victor Shine of the Cork City Fire Brigade and he said, would you believe it People are having full-blown Zoom meetings while driving in their motoring cars. Um, And that is a real distraction. There's so much technology in a car now to distract you. Years ago, it was the radio or texting or, you know, calling on a, you know, not using your hands-free or Bluetooth. But now, apparently, it also includes having the screen on and having full-blown Zoom meetings while driving. So that's kind of interesting. And add into the mix, then, that e-scooters are not... Uh, going to be in any way regulated by uh, by age, the road safety authority wanted them banned for under sixteen year olds. But Eamon Ryan says there won't be any age limit on e scooters. Uh, and Connor Faulkner, actually, who was for many years front and centre with the AA, agrees with that. He says they are they look and they function like bicycles, um, and they should follow the same rules and laws as bicycles. But they can get upwards of twenty five kilometers an hour and other countries actually have age limits for e-scooters like you got to be 18 in Italy to get up in one 16 in Portugal now except that Germany's only 14 and 12 in France but there's uh, other countries then like us that have no age limit like Spain and you know Poland and Sweden and Hungary and, but I don't know I mean if there's no age limit at all like you, you could have a six-year-old up on an e-scooter like you could have a seven-year-old I mean technically a four or a five-year-old on an e-scooter if they can reach the handlebars and they're tooting along at 25 kilometres an hour in a bicycle lane. Seems a bit daft to me, but your thoughts are welcome. Text 0868-104-106. And thankfully, taxi drivers are getting a break, not before time. Uh, there could be an increase of 12.5% because they're literally struggling with cost of living issues. And the Transport Authority is now saying that they're going to give them, probably going to, or at least considering giving them their first hike in taxi fares, in five years. And I think that's only fair. I really and truly do because petrol and diesel has gone absolutely nuts. And I really would think that many people would be okay with maybe an extra 10%, you know, on a, on a 10 euro trip. What is it? A euro, but it'd make a huge difference to a taxi driver. So there's all that and lots more besides if you watch, um, 007 or you're a fan of James Bond. Apparently it's coming more and more likely now that it will be Michael Fassbender as the next James Bond. I mean, that's just fantastic. You know, and I, and another Irish James Bond, and not too far from us, actually, across the border, originally from the UK. Sorry, originally from Kerry, I should say, uh, because heretofore, a lot of the time it has been at the UK, so that's not too bad. But there's a story, just a few minutes on this, if you don't mind. There's a story that made online news there recently, and I kind of have a bit of skin in the game on this one, because this fella found um, a bag of perfectly preserved McDonald's chips, right? He was working on some wall at home and uh, for some reason, in the plaster or behind the plaster, God only knows why, he was renovating the bathroom, he found a bag of McDonald's uh, chips from 1959. <laughs> and they're perfectly crispy. They're 1959 McDonald's chips and they're perfectly crispy. I don't know what they smell like. God only knows. I do not want to know what they taste like. Um, But It's incredible, actually, that they would last that long because, like, I suppose technically they're supposed to be potatoes, so they should just disappear over time, rot away, decompose, and go... But I have a chicken nugget and I still have it and it's in its own little box and I keep it here in the office and it is between 23 and 23, and 23 years old. What I found at home years ago, can't remember where, there might have been inside in a a cupboard or a closet on top of a chest of drawers or something. But it is a perfectly preserved uh, McDonald's chicken nugget and I was showing it to the lads here yesterday uh, in fact I showed it to Kevin for the first time because I often take it out and show it to people but he, was, he hadn't seen it so he had a look at it yesterday my 23 year old chicken nugget what you make of it when you saw it
1: tell, tell the listener what you said well you... it is worrying when you see a chicken nugget that's almost as old as you you know and it's still <laughs> as perfect... you, it's you. A, as me yeah, as me, me. Um, and I like to think I'm very the, the well. McDonald's chips from 1959 are nearly as old as they're it, older than me but not too far off. <laughs> significantly older <laughs> than me um I like to think I'm as perfectly preserved as your chicken nugget, but it is impeccable. Like, it is... Go on, what like, did you say? Well, Tell I, people what you said. I, I, oh, yeah, well, I just found it so funny that you had a, a 28-year-old chicken nugget that looked like a wilted prune within this glorious wooden box. Like, it is... I, I mean, it that's is That's not what you said. You said to me, Oh, my God, that's good enough to eat. <laughs> And I said, are you serious? <laughs> and did you? I was waiting for you to take a little nibble out of no, it. You no, you it's, couldn't. It's as hard as a rock. Oh, really? But if you put it into
0: another box of chicken nuggets <laughs> that you bought today no disrespect to
1: McDonald's I love them don't get me wrong um, you're giving somebody a prank idea here y- Neil I think y- you'd probably pick it up and eat it <laughs> yeah. well there's something to go to on the next April Fool's Day maybe it's uh, something something to keep you occupied yeah I mean it is just uh, and I've seen I've seen videos on this before where like chips and chicken nuggets or whatever and they show how they decompose and they show what would be a normal one decomposing and then to the left hand side of it it's just the McDonald's one is absolutely Why? Like. it's just the amount of preservatives what's I think. going yes. on there's, just, I mean, there's a very interesting um, uh, something I'd listened to recently about the, or, the original use of fat uh, to cook chicken nuggets yeah. or not chicken nuggets uh, McDonald's chips and there was a, a kind of a campaign against it in the 70s by this guy who suffered a heart attack and he blamed the the, the I think it was uh, lard they were cooking it in and they tried to find a replacement and at one point they'd used this oil I don't know what kind of uh, synthetic oil they used but it was so toxic and noxious they got rid that, of it well on the uniforms when they went to take the uniforms to the laundry oftentimes the uniforms would spontaneously combust because they were covered in this oil and when the heat in the back of the laundry truck they would just go up in flames so well, I don't know if that's better than putting lard into your body but I thought well
0: I Dino, Dino still uses lard for the chips I think they I, use fat but like, and, and there's nothing like those chips they're by far better than any other
1: we cook we've been cooking with that for hundreds of years I don't see why all of a sudden now we have to go to hydrangeated fats I, just, and, I, you know, I think everything in moderation exactly, I really do
0: yeah, but yeah. you would think that a normal chicken piece of chicken if you put it up on top of a wardrobe or left it in a cupboard for 23 years it would have disappeared it wouldn't disappeared.
1: it yeah. I, was that from a do you remember where the initial chicken nugget came from like, it came it from a, a happy meal a, oh, I was going to say it, was, it wasn't It was a drunken night out that no no no, it was, up no in a wardrobe it was in my son's
0: room and, who came from a happy meal back when he was five, maybe six years old. That's amazing. That's where it came from. <laughs> <laughs> it's an incredible story. All, All right, anyway. my man, back after the break.
2: Get it off your chest. Call Neil Brenderville now on 818 Red
0: FM. And it's very important to recap and revisit stories that we've had live on the air, and I got an updated text, actually, from a family member, Cal. You might recall uh, some weeks back, we spoke of a house fire in Wilton that absolutely devastated the family, destroyed all of the contents of their home, and sadly led to the loss of uh, their terrier dogs and a litter of five pups. It was absolutely devastating to the family. Um, And they were living and staying with a family member since then. Well, texts came in uh, overnight from Cali says, hi, Neil, an update from the house fire on the ninth of the month. And I just wanted to share the fact that there's been no update at all from City Council. There are nine of us staying in my grandmother's three bedroom house since the fire. I'm currently sharing a single blow up mattress with my 16 year old sister and my mother, who has a tumour in her knee, is currently also sleeping on the floor in my nan's kitchen. With blankets as a mattress it 's just a horrible situation. my mother isn 't coping well at because of it, and she 's uh, uh, also suffering uh, not just physically but I guess mentally as well. I suppose you get you down wouldn 't it anyway back to the text I was wondering if there 's anything you could do to help us uh, find out more you 've already helped us to receive more than nine thousand from the GoFundMe, which has been kept in hope of us ever getting a house. Uh, none of us uh, have has been hang on a second. Uh, which is uh, kept in hope of us uh, ever getting a house, none of which has been spent at my grandmother's. uh, Actually, that makes no sense, guys, so we'll just clip ahead to another part of it. Uh, I'll be happy to sleep on a couch for the rest of my life uh, once uh, the rest of the family are happy. We've had a horrible few years with my father passing uh, and the pandemic, and all I want is for all of the family to be happy. My mother's been in contact many times with the council, but has only been told they're doing their best as I imagine they are doing uh, with plenty of other families over the country in this horrible situation. But we are just desperate. We can't continue to live in my grandmothers. The stress on them is enough already. Uh, bah, 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 bah. Uh, anyway, there's uh, other aspects then he goes into with regards to uh, other family issues, which I won't touch on, but I can chat And, and instead. Thank you for that, Cal. We put in a call and uh, joined by his ma'am, Lisa. Lisa, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Um, you okay with me reading that out I hope? Are you? Because he did touch yeah, on the fact yeah. that you know, you know, mentally you're you're struggling as well. Is that right?
3: Yeah, absolutely. There's actually ten of us in my mum's house at the moment.
0: Okay, and are you really on the kitchen floor?
3: Literally, literally on the kitchen floor. There's there's not enough room in the front. My mum's got a really small front room, and um, and we're literally just on cushions and tin mattresses, and you know, I'm in the kitchen. Um, because I I can't actually there's, there's just no room in the front room for me. The kids need that. You no, know, the girls in school.
0: So seven of you and your and your parents, is it?
3: Uh, there's myself and my four children, my sister and her two, and my parents both gotcha.
0: My parents. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Um, and it's only three bedrooms. That's all. Yeah. Okay, so you're in the kitchen, and somebody else is sleeping on sofas. Uh, is there a sitting room, a dining room, and a kitchen? Is it?
3: No, it's just one small front room and a kitchen.
0: Okay, so who's in the front room?
3: Um, my four, my four kids are on the floor in the front room,
0: and w- not literally on the floor. That's the blow-up mattresses as the Calisto.
3: Yeah, we have. Yeah, we have. We have one double blow-up mattress um, that Cal and my sixteen-year-old are sharing, and we have there's, there's two couches. So the other two are on one of each of those, and I'm in the kitchen.
0: Okay. Okay. There was nothing salvageable in that fire. So there wasn't like no nothing. clothing or anything at all. No. Absolutely zero. Zero.
3: Everything
0: was smoke damaged. Okay. Just the just the, the the clothes on your back.
3: Literally. Yeah. Okay.
0: Literally. And and the GoFundMe that's set aside now because you literally there was no insurance was there. No. Okay. So no. everything you everything you need to replace if you ever get a home. Will be used. Will be that nine grand will be spent on that.
3: Yeah, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, because you wouldn't be long flitting that away in private rental accommodation.
3: No, no.
0: And I would, no. I would have thought that there would be emergency accommodation provided for you by the council, considering that your home was burnt to the ground.
3: Uh, yeah, I would. I, I have thought that as well. I know. I know a couple of people who did have house fires over the year years being a tenant, um, and they were housed within days. But I suppose things are just different now. You know, there, there's just no, ho- no houses there. And all the emergency accommodation is full.
0: Yeah, okay. But you, you have been engaging with City Hall, have you? Oh, yeah, yeah. And can you give me an idea, yeah. sir, just a flavour of the conversations and what they're saying?
3: Just literally all I've been told is they're doing their best to find suitable accommodation and to try and be patient.
0: Literally. Yeah, but like, uh, how every many-
3: conversation, every conversation is the same thing. Every couple of days, I'm ringing, speaking to somebody, emailing, going in there myself. I've been in there myself. You know, it's the same thing all the time. There's just, there's just nothing there. There's nothing there. We're, we're trying to find you something suitable.
0: Okay. And uh, the, with regards to your, your, your children, any of them going to school or, or doing exams or things like that? Uh, yeah, there are. I think there your da- Wait, one daughter, one only- daughter is doing leaving cert this year. She is yeah, she is. Okay. Um. um incidentally, sure. how how did they how did they? I mean, how many are in school? Uh,
3: just the youngest one, Um she's in fifth year.
0: Okay, but like, what about all of her books and her, her school uniform and stuff like that?
3: it all had everything had to be
0: replaced. Okay, okay. But how did she how did everything. she study? Like, uh, she is leaving Cert. She this year is it? Um. No, she's fifth year this year. Fifth year, so year. So okay. Sorry. Insert. It says yeah, here she's doing her leaving cert this year. It's next year, okay.
3: Yeah. Next year, yeah. Yeah. Um, she's, had, she's, she's spending all of, all of her time and all of her spare time is rewriting all of the notes that she has had written out, you know, study wise. Um, so that's what literally how she spends her spare time. It's literally writing out notes.
0: Now, bear in mind, of course, that we're lucky to be having this conversation at all because you could be a a grieving mother, you know. You could come back to a house where all of your children were inside and perished, you know. Absolutely. So bear that in mind. I mean, you must have flashbacks. You must have flashbacks of that, you know. Any issues there? Oh,
3: all the time. All the time. You know, I I try so hard to just be, be grateful that I do have my children, you know, because, as I said, there's been other local fires around the area and those people weren't so lucky you know they did lose their children it was absolutely devastating
0: but that was the 9th of April
3: yeah it was Okay. the 9th of April so it was was 18 days ago yeah Okay. we're two and a half weeks in now nearly
0: anybody offer you a bed and breakfast or a hotel room or anything
3: no No, nothing
0: nothing it's like just be patient is it nothing
3: yeah just be patient
0: that's bizarre actually It, it really is you know it's bizarre Why yeah n-
3: i like i I, I kind of said at the, at the beginning I was like, oh, it'll take about two weeks you know because there's there's literally no, there's nothing around you know the emergency house that's in the area is full you know like, like they can't just pull a house out of the sky as well just because I need one, you know, and there's loads of other people in my situation that are that are homeless and need need houses
0: yeah, 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 how are your parents coping with um the big happy family like the Waltons?
3: <laughs> literally, literally, um, it's really hard. You know, I mean, we're we're invading on their space as well. You know, and it's hard on them. They don't have any space to themselves now.
0: No, I mean, there's a lot of you in a small bedroom, yeah, small exactly. street. You know, and and a exactly. lot
4: of a lot of a lot of, really lot of hard,
0: a, a lot of the everybody needs a bit of privacy and space. You know, because you absolutely, are teenagers and older. What 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 are the cooking arrangements like, Lisa?
3: It's like it's like uh, oh it's crazy it's crazy absolutely crazy trying to feed everybody I, you know we just have to take it in in sets at the table you know
0: so it is, is it is it like, one is it one meal for everybody is it or do you cook at different but, times oh
3: no oh god no not with the kids uh, you know my kids be fussy at the best of times anyway you know uh, just trying to keep everybody happy. But, you know, we, we, we all just pitch in I know. the best
0: we can. Yeah, but even the practicalities of washing and drying clothes and ironing things and stuff like that.
3: Oh, it's like it's like laundress.
0: You must be worn out, are you? Like does, all, does all that fall back that's to you? That's
3: unbelievable. No, no, I mean, you know, we can look after ourselves, you know, uh, when it comes to things like that. You know, my, my kids would be pretty self-sufficient anyway. Good,
5: yeah. Yeah.
3: You know, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just trying to get them dry and everything. You know, washing them is one thing; it's drying, drying them. This clothes hanging over everything, over everywhere.
0: No, it's far from ideal, it's, it's and that's saying, and that's, and that's some. Impossible. And and Carl was saying in the text as well. you reminded us, of course, of the passing of his dad, uh, your husband, back in yeah. two thousand and eighteen. Th- and as if that wasn't bad enough uh, for this to befall, and to lose all of the, yeah, you know, even things like mementos and photographs and things.
3: Exactly. Yeah. I mean, he th- that wasn't just. um, an easy thing for us to go to either. No. He was missing. He was a missing person for 21 days, um, no. and he was found in the river in the River Liffey in Newbridge. So, oh. you know, that was very very traumatic for for
0: everybody. Oh my God, that is just so tragic, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And um, at this stage, all you're being told is to be patient. Yeah. Yeah, but Literally. like you know, just.
3: You know, you know. Of course, you know. You contact them every day in one way, shape, or form. You know, either go in there, or ring them, or send an email to the housing officer who's dealing with me. Um, and it's always the same thing. Just, just you know, we're, we're trying to find something suitable.
0: Yeah, but and, he, and that that's it. Yeah, but but yeah, but okay. So that's something suitable it would ideally be a home, but the interim a hotel would be better with hotel rooms, wouldn't it?
3: Um no? so anything. Any anything that, that doesn't involve us sleeping like sardines.
0: I know. I know. You know? Okay, um do you mind if we get back in touch with them again to see where they're at Not with at that all. or what they're if they have Not some sort all. of a plan in mind or something? You sound worn out to me.
3: <laughs> I am. Yeah. I think we all are at this stage.
0: Yeah. Yeah, But you never once, you never once, you're not complaining, you never once complained in this conversation, you never once pointed the finger at others, you never once said anything about all of the hotels and bed and breakfasts that have been given aside for, for refugees coming in here, you never once said that in fairness to you?
3: No, I mean, those people are coming from a war-torn yeah. country, Yeah. you know, those those people need need housing as well, you know, I'm not under any illusions that yeah. I'm up over anybody else, you yeah. know?
0: yeah. Yeah, in fairness to you, but this situation that you're in is intolerable. It's gone on way too long. It's very sad. Yeah, it
3: it it has gone on way too long.
0: Yeah, okay.
3: Um, At the beginning, I was told because I'm a council tenant that I should be top priority because I'm already a tenant Um, and have been a tenant for the last 16, 17 years.
0: Yeah, I'd just like to know what the protocol is in place for a family who lose absolutely everything in their lives in a blaze. Uh, where they then end up living in a house with uh, with uh, pensioners, where there's nine of them, and it's just not fit for purpose. You might get away with it for a few days, yeah. but you know this this could yeah, drag could on do. if you're if you're.
3: Yeah, we're def- we're definitely starting to step on each other's toes now. I know, I know, uh, I know. There's too many parents, you know.
0: Yeah. Oh, I know. People need their space. Chalk it down. Yeah, we all need our space, you know. We really do. Okay. All right. Let's let let's see what the update is from them when we give them a shout and see if they've got anything to report on it. And this conversation may well help, you know? Let's see, okay. Yeah.
6: Please
0: God, please God. Okay, all right. Um, okay. And, and a great result on the GoFundMe, so set that aside for when you yeah, need all of the essentials. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay, good result there. Absolutely. Happy to be part of that. All right. Okay, we'll be back to you, Lisa. Thanks for now.
3: Okay. Thanks very Take much.
0: Take care. Cheers a while. Let me get to our phone lines. Bye. I'll come back and update on that when I have an update on it. Elaine, good morning.
7: Hi, Neil. How
0: are you? I'm very well. Uh, It's very sad, isn't it? It really and truly is. It is. It's
7: heartbreaking. I feel so sorry for her, but her family survived.
0: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Something fell out of the fire on that night. And if the smoke hadn't been smelt or people had gone to sleep, we'd be having an entirely different conversation. Anyway, you wanted to just pick up on housing, was it?
7: Yes. Yeah. Um, It's just that... um, uh, you know, you try your hardest, like she's phoning every day and emails and everything like that and you you try and put your best face forward and, you know, put down the three areas that you think. Um, but The problem is with disability housing, you can't really see it on the CBL. Um, it's, you know, you ask the council and they look and if the three areas you pick have nothing in it for disability, you know, you, you don't really know. So you you just hang around and hang around and and nothing goes forward.
0: Yeah, why why would people actually specify any area at all now to live in when they know things are very difficult? Why wouldn't they?
7: I, yeah, I, I did ask that and they said it's, um, as far as I know, I don't know uh, the government, it's a government rule that you pick those three areas because you know, the city boundary was moved so that's less again um, and it was something that would need to be taken up with government um, and also you need an OT for disability housing, um, we had one, um, she's now no longer working there and um, the last email is that I suppose we have to find our own, an oh, no, occupational therapist.
0: One. And who who's suffering with the disability, who's living with the disability?
7: M- my husband.
0: Okay, and what does that in mean? that is 20 years. Yeah, what does that mean? He needs to be downstairs, is it?
7: Um, it needs to be in sort of level area, you know, um, area for his bed, a private um, bathroom, I'm not talking about a posh bathroom, I'm talking about a disabled bathroom. Um and they like to have him on one level so he can interact with the family and sort of be able to walk, you know, or or be outside for a minute. Um, Because we did ask for, you know, is there anything derelict you could do up? You know, we'll take a two-story home, we'll make the front room a bedroom, we'll do anything. Um uh, But an OT will usually refuse a two-story house, or a place that doesn't have a disability.
0: But you'd take um, it, like, but, yeah, you wouldn't take it, but those in authority or in control wouldn't allow it. And where are you living now?
7: Um, In Ballycotton.
0: Okay, and is it a a house?
7: Uh, It's a bungalow.
0: Okay, and why do you have to move?
7: Um, Well, we were, um, the rent was going up, and there's only a certain amount of us in the family, um, because the rents are going up, and, you know, we were due our new contract. Um, And uh, the landlord you know, he could get a lot more, you know, he's entitled to do that, Um, but we negotiated um, last minute and were able to stay at least another year, but he was getting to the case that, like, there was no other housing in this area, in other areas, the rent was too much for the size of our family, there was no disability housing.
0: But could it go up by, I mean, can rent go up by a substantial amount?
7: Well, it can do in private renting because you're, you know, this is the landlord's business. It's
0: not, you know, it's not my home. It's his. Yeah, but business. he can't just make up a figure for rent. No, no,
7: no, no. He, he he fairly looked at what you can get in the area um, and what his, um, another tenant of his can pay. Um, and, you know, he's got the right to ask for a, a rent that, you know, he can possibly get. Oh, OK. Well, else. just
0: hold on on that topic alone. Like what what kind of an increase was there?
7: Um, I'm just thinking maybe it was about nearly 50 quid a week.
0: An extra, what is the rent?
7: Um, it's just under 1,400 now.
0: 1,400 and it goes up by an extra 200, is it?
7: Well, that's what, that's the new, that's the new rent.
0: Yeah, but that's, um, that's an increase of well over 13 or 14%, isn't it?
7: Yeah, there is no stock and, you know, it's private rented, so it's not under sort of our control.
0: No, no, the private um, rental, there are percentage increases permitted. Oh,
7: yeah, there is, yeah. They, they did, the, the, the people who helped us with our rent did state certain laws and percentages, but I think, he, you know, we're here f- for so many years that it, you know, it's increased very slightly, you know, so...
0: But the you know, increase know, the is, is within the percentage allowed, is it?
7: I think in certain areas, you maybe the city, you're only allowed something like a 4%, yeah. but in rural areas, I don't think there's a cap.
0: So that increase of 200 a month pushes you out of, uh, out of that uh, rental property oh, because well, you can't afford it?
7: Yeah, yeah, and we're not entitled to, it, uh, to that amount of help either. Okay, so, so, is that,
0: sort of so somebody is going situation. to pay 1,600 euro for a bungalow in Ballycotton?
7: Yeah, yeah, they, easily. Yeah. What? Because, because there, is no, there is no properties available in the area. I think there was two available at
0: the time. Yeah, but 1,600 um, for what? Like a three-bedroom bungalow?
7: Yeah, uh, yeah, it's quite large because we were lucky to get it when we got it. I know, but um, it's,
0: it's still sixteen hundred in Ballycotton. I'm not being disparaging to yes, Ballycotton, yeah. but it's like you, you, you know, that's a city price.
7: Yeah, I mean we're not at sixteen hundred.
0: Oh, no, you're at fourteen hundred.
7: Yeah, but you could possibly get that.
0: Well, that's nuts. I mean, they say, and, and at the same time, they tell, tell us that landlords aren't making any money. Uh,
7: well. <laughs> You know, I don't want to fall out with him
0: either. No, I'm not talking about your No, yeah. okay. Well we'll say no more about that, but seems like a lot of Dosh for a three bedroom bungalow in valley cotton. Sixteen hundred a month. I mean yeah. you get a mortgage cheaper, yeah. much cheaper than that.
7: Yeah, I think it's it's the stock that's not available and, and people yeah, you, know, you know, people are trying to rent in the city and then they move out and then they move out again. And they can work from home. Um and there's just nothing available. There really wasn't anything available. How do you feel then?
0: Because part of your text was talking about the huge effort that's been made for others.
7: Well, I mean, these people two months ago were just living their life and, you know, they were getting massacred. And it's great that, you know, uh, know, government and and charities and everything are helping them and they need help because they have nothing. But when you're trying to talk about from a disability point of view... You know, you try and speak to a TD or you try and get the right person in the council and stuff like that. And you just don't ever seem to get anywhere. You know, you you come to a certain point and they say, oh, yes, there is, oh, sorry, that's not suitable. And that's it. That was your one chance. And then you have to try again. You know, you, you just wish there was somebody who would help with disability housing. It's very housing. frustrating,
0: yeah. You feel very isolated, yeah.
7: Help yeah, with. and then you don't want to be sort of blacklisted for being aggressive or upset. you just think, well, you know you, know, do you
0: think that of. could happen? That there could be, you know, you could be seen as a troublemaker?
7: Yeah, I, I think you could. And I do try to be polite because these people are doing their job. But, you know, when it's constantly, you know, I've tried, I've looked, um, you know, I, we'll move in and you can do something when we're in there. I'll try anything. And it's just like, sorry, there's nothing available.
0: Yeah, or give us, give us the house and we'll renovate it ourselves kind of thing. Yeah.
7: Yeah. yeah, I think the only reason we got to ch- chat to someone is that we, we were potentially going to be homeless.
0: And But that still potentially could happen, right?
7: Yeah, in the next year, yeah. So we go round and round again. You know, and you fill the paperwork and, you
0: you know... Yeah, yeah. You know, some some people might say, ah, yeah, but that's a year away. But that means you're a year waiting with worry. Others might would be saying, oh, well, look, you know, I'm going to lose my house in two, or my home in two or three weeks' time. But, yeah, you and know. that lady
7: lost her house already, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And you do. You know, I just wish there was, like, some sort of body that you could talk to that, you know, would help or maybe push forward and help because it, you, you, even if it's a council house and now an OT is 400 quid if you're going, getting private, if they don't have one, that's another barrier. I can't do that.
0: And you know something, uh, I know I dealt with yeah. this some weeks back, but for elderly people in rental accommodation course, yeah. who are way beyond working age or indeed yeah. are way beyond mortgage age or mortgage or approval, you won't get it. Yeah. I suppose if you're... If you're 50-plus now, you'd never get a mortgage. You wouldn't. Like, you just wouldn't, really. You know what I mean? And if if you're 60 or 65, forget about it. So where does somebody of that age go? I'm not saying that you are, but imagine... Yeah, I am. Yeah, Yeah. well, there you go. You know? Yeah.
5: You you
7: can't get it when you're on a social welfare payment either. We did ask years ago.
0: So we have elderly people being pushed out of homes because of rent. Yeah. um, Yeah. Who can't work or can't get a mortgage. yeah. Yeah. and they'd be much more vulnerable, wouldn't they?
7: Yeah, and, and I, I often think about people who are on their own completely, um, you know, living on their own or elderly alone, and it just breaks my heart. Who's helping them? And if they haven't got the strength or capacity or if they're sick, you know, it takes an awful, awful lot of energy to go to the council, ask for the rent, you know, look for properties, fingers crossed, paperwork, emails, phone calls. If they haven't got that energy, or it, it gets you down.
0: I know, I know. They
7: give up. Yeah. I
0: know I know, and you must be down, you must be worried, you must be depressed, you must be kind of it, yeah,
7: it's yeah it 's always in the back of your head,
0: living with it a constant of fear and worry yeah
7: and, and it isn 't them are also the Ukrainian people because they have been absolutely i mean they 've been massacred, nobody you know
0: I understand all of that, had, but the yeah. frustration i 've noticed over the past couple of days is now there is a will, and there is money to turn yes. around vacant properties when there was never that will before, and that 's what got yeah. people annoyed and uh, and and people are annoyed for people like your good self you
7: know yeah and you think okay, okay there was a, maybe a chance of some little property maybe somewhere in the future you know they seem to have wiped everything off the table and how many years before how many years back are we going to go ourselves
0: I know I know um, listen uh, I'm, I'm helpless as to how to respond to you apart from just yeah. giving you an opportunity to share your story you know but I hope to God Thank things so work much. out for you Elaine I really do yeah fingers crossed stay in touch alright Thank you, Neil. Cheers, bye.
2: Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818-104-106. Cork's Red FM.
0: Not a great text, actually. Well, great, apart from the fact that they're depressing. An unbelievable statistic from News Talk the other morning, Neil. Mayo County Council takes 12 weeks to turn over a vacant house. 12 weeks it takes Mayo County Council to turn over a vacant house. Cork City Council, it takes 85 weeks to turn over a vacant house. It's the worst in the country, apparently, Cork City Council and the time it takes them to turn over a property or, you know, do whatever. And unfortunately, a lot of the time, um, that perfectly good house, which could be just let again or given out straight away, a lot of it just gets ripped out and refurbed or there was no refurb necessary. 85 weeks in Cork City Council. 12 weeks at uh, Mayo County Council. Our so-called government are doing nothing more than creating a divide between us and refugees. We'll end up being angry towards them and then we'll be accused of racism. We have the government to blame for that. Mary Linehan Foley got very annoyed and frustrated with people, particularly down Yallway. Way uh, recently. She's a local councillor down there. I hope to speak to her on Friday. And she put up a post uh, because of the people of Yall getting very annoyed about the situation down there. She says, I had to put up a statement uh, on my phone, I had to put up this statement because my phone's been ringing all day. But the cause of abuse and nastiness about the Ukrainian refugees coming to our beautiful town is just awful. I'm actually embarrassed by some of the comments. What is wrong with people? When did people become so negative? I'm in this job 20 plus years and I can honestly say that I've never experienced anything like this. It's actually soul-destroying. Would we not help anyone out in difficult times? Would we not like someone to help us in difficult times? The Iron Man is safe. Accommodation will be safe. And we're all okay and healthy. Do you honestly think these unfortunate people want to leave their homes and sons and husbands behind and run from all they know and love for the safety of their children? Would you? I'm not going to engage in arguments on this post, so if you don't agree, that's fine, as we all have a right to our thoughts and opinions, and this is mine. Now enjoy the sun, and thank God we're fortunate as we are, says she, in a post on Facebook. Obviously, a lot of the um, uh, comments or feedback that she was getting down east became very frustrating to her. Anyway, text 868 Pat, good morning. Pat, can you hear me? Good morning. Good morning. All right, I'm not sure if this is a great phone line, but anyway, P, you want to pick up on uh, comments from yesterday? Go ahead.
8: Yeah, um, so you just uh, said something there about a a lady in the hall who's in the council, is it?
5: Yeah, yeah.
8: Yeah, um, and she said, thank God that we're all safe and everything. Now, I'm not having a go at um, the Ukrainian refugees. But what I would say is, well, maybe that lady is grand and everything else, but uh, does she look around the City and see the people sleeping in doorways?
0: When she says, thank God we're fortunate as we are, you're saying not everybody is?
8: Yeah, like, you know, as all as I can say, Neil, it was um, since the beginning of this day, and they're finagall um, and and basically, uh, the two parties have wrecked this country. Uh, I'd say the, the founders of the state were torn and their You said parties. they've run
0: it into the ground, you said?
8: They've, they've, like, take a look at what, they, what they've actually done. Um, they've lined their own pockets, basically, is what they You know, done. we're
0: getting another 19 of them, you know, in the next stall. <laughs>
8: <laughs> so we haven't enough yeah,
0: yeah as if we haven't enough another 19 can I yeah. just ask you about your own situation Pat because you you worked in the trades didn't you all your life
8: yeah I'm a bricklayer by trade ok um, I I had an accident back in 2000 and basically um, you could say back then uh, everything was black market uh, if you wanted a job If you weren't willing to take cash in hand, well, then you couldn't, you couldn't
0: start the work. So you got paid cash at the end of the week of a Friday or something, is it?
8: You got got paid cash and your wages was 500 quid. That was in 2000 and people were saying we were getting a pound of block back then. Well, I don't know who was getting it and every person that I ever worked with, none of us ever got a pound of block. What happened in Cork is that...
0: You probably we, missed it because the pound a block no, was more likely to be oh, no, 2005,
8: No, no, no. What happened is in Cork is that, and especially Cork, is that we had subbies that came in. And so as I can tell you is you go working for a subcontractor, you don't get no wet time, you get your wages Monday to Friday... You don't get no stamps paid for you. You don't get no pension paid for you, and you get your five
0: hundred quid at the end of the day. Back week. in the day, Wait, and but was it, it always? It's still was it go- al- it's, still,
8: it's still going on today, Neil. It's still going on today.
0: How can they do that, though? How can somebody, even as a subcontractor, be paying all of the trades that are working for him or her um, cash?
8: I mean, how they no, can't. One one subcontractor will have block layers, layers, masons another subcontractor will have electricians. Now I don't know what way the electrical works, as all as I'm talking about,
0: is the masonry side of it. Um, yeah, but how can they actually do that anymore? Where can they where do they get the cash? How can they hide the cash? How can they prove well, to revenue that they have like um, well, that they have people on they, their
8: books. As all as I can tell you is that the, back in the time that I'm talking about there was many a person would go in, get a C2, and I know two people that ran up half a million in about six months. This time there was no such a thing as a payment card. And when the taxman came looking for their money, they said, well, what are you talking about? I didn't realise I had to pay. And what was happening is that there was other subcontractors using these fellas C2s and put their own money to it as if your man was supposed to be the, the, the main man on all the jobs. Right. So he had, he had three quarters of the masons and caught up them for them, if you like.
0: And he got, was it, did the revenue come calling then, looking for tax for all of these other people that were using his cert, is it? Exactly. Okay. And uh, like
8: people, okay. there,
0: there was no money ever paid. Um so was well, it all but back in the day it was always cash, was it? Well
9: for
8: all the masons that I know of, it was cash, cash, cash. And I worked on an awful lot of jobs in court. Um now the way it is, we hit sixty five stay pension, that's it. Yeah. Um you know, like you won't see too many old masons and cocktail have anything other than this their pension.
0: Because of the fact that they were being paid in cash, they didn't um have any kind of savings. Uh they spent what they got when they got it, is it? And when they retired then they had nothing to fall back on.
8: Exactly. Exactly. And like you know, it's not the the subways I blame it was the way the government allowed it to happen you know it was cheap labour we we all thought oh 500 quid that's fine but there was no tax being paid for us did any
0: of of you at the time not realise that tax should have been paid on it
8: when you were asked, if you asked about it, you were told, if you want this, take it, and if you don't, move on.
0: Yeah, cause someone else will take the work.
8: Yeah. That, was, that, was, that was the way it was. And, you know, as hard as I can tell you, I always said one time, it's so bad in the, the bricklaying inside of it that even the vagrants on the street wouldn't do it. That's how bad the trade became.
0: But it changed totally then with the Celtic Tiger. You're, you are aware of that, aren't you? You couldn't get bricklayers uh, for love nor money.
8: Neil, I am telling you, I might have changed for the main contractor and I might have changed for the subcontractor, but the normal bricklayer that was doing all the grafting,
0: yeah. they
8: got very, very little.
0: Okay. And can, I'm going to run out of time now, but are you struggling now because of all of that in retirement?
8: No, I, oh no, I'm not struggling. I'm... Um, I'm not flushed, but I'm not struggling, don't get me wrong. I I, I don't need anything. Uh, What I'm trying to say is the the government has allowed this to happen, you know. Um, And you look at the nurses they're walking inside in the hospitals again. uh, Like, they're getting very, very little. You wouldn't see the government uh, politicians walking and the what that the nurses in the Irish hospitals are doing. We have to send, we send our best educated off because we won't pay them enough. And then we send off. But do you ever young.
0: wonder, do you ever wonder where there's a, a profession or a job or a career that's badly paid? Why anybody would go into it in the first place? And like it, it shouldn't come as a shock to a nurse, say, for instance, because they probably knew before they decided to become nurses that the hours are going to be long and they were going to be absolutely worn out from it and the wages are bad. But yet they still would choose to go into it as a profession.
8: Well, I suppose an awful lot of them, you hear hear them say that it's a calling, you know, and I sort of can understand it because I absolutely loved what i had done. You know what I mean? I I loved going out to work in the morning. Yeah, yeah. And... but like, it, it doesn't excuse the fact that your government, and as I said, Finnegal and Finnefoyle has so I for us. Uh, when they left the you Norton know, family closed down, uh, we have one hospital, you could say, on the north side you now, um, the orthopaedic, no. and, and it's not even a, a hospital, a hospital yeah. if yeah. you like, you know what I mean? All right. Um, okay. 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 You, you talk about South Dock, South Dock and the Northside was closed down, like, you know, and we're, we're supposed to have the tea shop, uh, it's from Cork, and uh, everything, in my opinion, seems to go to Dublin, and, uh, you know, we're supposed to be the second city. Uh, I don't know, as well as, as I can tell you, you could talk, if, if you were a comedy about this country, I'd say that it, it would be the best seller.
0: All right, listen, um, thanks for picking up the phone. Nice to talk to you, Pat. I'm uh, going to come back after 10 o'clock. Text 0868
7: I'm Lana O'Connor. Red FM News is first for local, national and international news. And you can stay up to date by tuning into our hourly news bulletins or by clicking on redfm.ie.
2: Get it off your chest. Text the Neil Brinderville Show now. 086-8104-106. Okay. Red FM.
0: Hold on a second. Sharon is standing by and I'll talk to Carmel. Then i have a couple of bits and pieces to do and I'll go back to phone lines. Then if you don't mind, I just need to mix it up as much as I can. Carmel, good morning.
10: Good morning, Neil.
0: How are you? Your heartfelt sympathy for anybody that's homeless, including whether they're here or coming here to evade war and persecution and devastation in their own homeland. Would that sum it up?
10: Uh, It would, yeah.
0: Yeah, but but like any ship you're saying, you put too many people on board, it'll sink, is it?
10: Yeah, that's what I believe. I think that we're we're not able to have as many people coming in, not the unlimited amount that the government are talking about. Mm -hmm. And I feel, I mean, the government work for us. You know, they have to look at what's going on here. They haven't been looking at our homeless situation for years and they haven't dealt with it. And now all of a sudden there's houses coming aboard that weren't possible last month or the month before yeah, yeah yeah I think it's going to cause resentment from people here far the Ukraine well let's let's, let's not encourage resentment
0: like against people who are no, looking for help let's no, be no. angry with those who have um, the responsibility of running and looking after the country and its people
10: exactly well said that would yeah. be my point exactly because yeah. it you can't you can't have resentment for people that know not where they're going.
0: You see, my, pro- my, problem, my problem with this is that if there is resentment caused, then we're actually not doing ourselves favours as a country, no. as a nation. Yeah. We're, we're just showing ourselves to be narrow-minded uh, or have maybe even an ignorant point of view.
10: Not at all. And our country has always welcomed people in from everywhere that needed it. And we are now, and we will now. But not at the fact that they make our own citizens second-class citizens. It has to be done properly. It has to be done with logic. And they're not doing it now. The government are behaving incredibly badly. And I don't think it's... It's not right. And I think everybody... People might, like myself that are not educated, like we assume the people in the government are.
0: They're just what do you mean you're not educated?
10: What do you mean I wouldn't it? be as educated as the likes of Micheál Martin or the likes Why? of anybody in the
0: well, How do you define education, Carmel?
10: Um... I, Oh, God, I don't know. Life life experience
5: is the
0: most important education. Life
10: experience and to be able to think things logically and calmly Compassion is
0: education. Empathy is education. Common sense is education.
10: Totally true. Yeah, Yeah, it is.
0: So don't ever call yourself uneducated again.
10: No, no, I didn't call myself uneducated. I said I wouldn't be, I wouldn't feel I was as educated as those running the government. And I would have assumed that they would have been able to think all this clearly and I think that they're making appalling decisions. And they are going to cause problems further on down the line when I think they'll feel they're not going to be there anymore to pick up the pieces. It will be the next government that will, so they don't care.
0: You, you talk of reverse racism, actually, don't you? You talk of racism against the Irish. I,
10: I, the Irish and all those that are living in Ireland now. I mean, let's not f- forget we're a multicultural nation now and happy to be so. And there's a lot of people that have come here down through the years that are also homeless and have also should be made have available housing for them. Yeah, so none of that matters now. And See what people, matters you know, to
0: them really is is kind of window dressing, isn't it, and and optics and how we're viewed by our European and European oh, neighbours exactly, and yeah. you know.
10: I mean, they they have to remember that they were elected here. The, Europe didn't elect them; we did. And they have to look after us. And they're not doing that. And we've been complaining as a nation about the homeless crisis for years. And nothing has been done about it. And now all of a sudden, they can do it. And I just think it's appalling. And yeah. I think they are being racist against the people living in Ireland today. Okay. And again, my, my heartfelt sympathy is for all those in Ukraine, because the suffering is terrible. But they're not doing the people of Ukraine any good if they're bringing them into a country that can't afford their house
0: yeah, but it's temporary though, you know, it's it's not, this isn't a, a long-term fix for people who are going to want to stay here, they're, they're not, you know, and I understand that there's going to be a lean on school places, there's going to be a lean on doctor surgeries and possibly I hospitals and, yeah. and things like that, but it, you know.
10: Well, we have to help, I mean, we have to, and again, as a nation, we always have helped, and I think we should help. But, I mean, I don't understand why they can't give the social housing that's coming up to the people living in Ireland at the moment. Can they not give it to them and allow the people from Ukraine to have the hotel accommodation that the homeless people of Ireland are in right now?
0: Yeah, yeah.
10: That would make more sense. As you said, it's only temporary. They want to go home when their country is at peace.
0: Okay, thanks for taking the call. I want to chat with Sharon. Thank you, Carmel. Sharon, good morning yeah, how are you? Okay, um, you're in private rented accommodation, is it? Yeah, I am. Okay, yeah. so you pay your own rent maybe with HAP assistance, is it?
6: Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. Okay,
0: so rather than me reading out your entire text, let you just go through it for me.
6: Um, basically, I'm in private rented accommodation. Um, I'm obviously fighting for my forever home for myself and my two kids. Um, so I'm ringing the Cork City Council every week. Um, asking them what right steps should I be doing to, you know, obviously get myself noticed. Um, they said, like, I need to be online bidding every week. Um, my rent due on time. My half contribution comes every week out of my money. Um, so I'm doing all that, and I'm ringing them every week. Um, my house is actually quite damp at the moment. Um, but now in saying that, my landlord is very good. Um, the house was actually inspected by HAP, um last year, and builders came out and viewed what needs to be done and now by all means my landlord has said she walk away, we'll pay for it you know, so she's very good
0: That's great, that's great So do you not get the work done and stay put?
6: Well see the problem is with that is I have a premature baby um, and I have a little girl who has very serious chest problems so every second week my two kids are extremely sick with their chests Um. Like, and then getting the work done then is another thing, like, it takes time to do all that. Yeah. My moral is, like, I'm, my moral is about it, I suppose, is that, like, I'm looking for a house for my kids. I'm doing everything every week that's been advised to do. And it's just still no, no response, or if I ask and say, how long will I be waiting, you know, my kids, my kids' health is on the line. I'm just getting. We can't tell
0: you. I know because they are cause yeah. overwhelmed in one regard with the amount yeah, of properties exactly. that they have available. They claim, but at the same yeah. time, there are many <laughs> vacant houses across Cork. Um, and can I just go through this list? Um, appreciate where you're coming from. Unfortunately, you're not alone in that scenario. You know, you're just oh, not. I know, totally. There there are many people who have a similar property to yours where the landlord isn't even engaging with them. You know.
6: Yeah, I'm very lucky with my landlord that that they are very good to me. Um, but, but I mean. It's still like the house, the property itself is... Look, I'm not complaining. I've roof over our heads of people without a house.
5: Yeah,
6: yeah. But, I mean, the property isn't suitable for two kids along with myself, a boy and a girl, you know? Yeah, I know, I know. So this is why I'm just at the council trying to get a house. I'm not being angry when I'm ringing them. I'm, I'm being as polite as possible. Yeah. Just ring once a week. I say, please and thank you, Sam, while I'm on the phone. And it just it just doesn't get me anywhere.
0: Yeah, you do the please and thank TDs yous because um, you know manners. you have to have manners because yes. you don't know how they might react if you of didn't course. have the please and thank yous. You know.
6: But I have TDs as well. Like I have three different TDs. Um, I message them every week when I bid on a house. They write in for me. Also, I'm on also in contact with the Lord Mayor. I know. I know. I know. I know. So I just I just don't know what more I can do to try to actually get my forever home. I, mean, my
0: kids. I, that hope that I hope you do. I hope you do. I hope you do. I just don't know what more I can do to try to, have
6: to get my father home. Yeah. My kids just I, like
0: I hope you do. Yeah. Yeah. I hope okay. you listen, do. Okay. Listen. There's a bit of feedback there, but listen. Thanks for taking the call, Sharon. Good morning. Um, no, actually, I'm going to change phone lines, Sharon. I'm going to move on if you don't mind, Leslie. No, I think there's a problem here at the moment and we seem to be in some sort of a loop. Let me try this line, see if I can sort it out. Leslie, you there now? Hello? Is that Leslie? Yeah, this is Leslie. Go it's ahead, my man. Sorry, I d- I've just problems with the phones. Go ahead. What's on your mind?
4: Oh, so I'm just listening to your show. At the moment, there know Neil, and i would be honest with you, i just so, so wound up and so disgusted. Why? At the, at the people ringing in there, giving out about money being made available to people who've come from Ukraine, and I just think really and truly those people who... I know loads of people have problems about their housing. No, anyone this
0: morning now is just sharing their own scenario while having sympathy for those who are coming here. I mean, if if you want, I can read out reams and reams and reams yeah. of very critical texts of... Yeah, you know, yeah but there's
4: a lot... But there's a lot of subjects going on this. There, there so there yeah, and there, was, on
0: there. and there was yesterday. While I sympathise with yeah. refugees from Ro- Ukraine, but I know yeah, the ones you mean. The, yeah,
4: yeah. I'm just uh, the only thing I wanted to say. Neil, I've only got a couple of minutes, and I'm going to make it short and brief. Like, but the bottom line is this: I you know I just think like I know loads of people have lots of problems out there, homelessness and massive rents and everything else. But like, I'm just really like people had uh, the bedrocery that I pick up and the, the the begrudgery I senses is, is just is just disgusting. It's not Christian. The idea that people who are struggling to get a house, uh, whatever the problems their children have or whatever it is, and comparing that to the people from Ukraine who've lost their house, who've lost their community, who've lost their friends, who've lost who've lost their sons and, and fathers and to actually want And to think that your life, however difficult it is, is comparable with what they are experiencing. They're having to run out of their own country. They have
0: to do all of that. But but at the same time, you can't diminish the hardships of people here. Yeah, um, know, because they're not me, in a war me, zone. Me, they they still have their uh, they still here have their own struggles on a daily basis. Yeah, you have a family know, whose house me, was burnt I down know. in Wilton, and there's nine of them. They're sleeping on blow up mattresses. The woman with a yeah. with a with a tumor on her knee sleeping on the kitchen floor. Come on, yeah. But I know. But I know. But
4: Neil, stop. Get a reality check. When you've lost your community is, look have you seen the photographs there every night i'm not seeking to diminish people's problems i understand that but look look in the mirror these people have been are being mercilessly been bombed every day of the week by those lunatics in the kremlin yeah. and if you actually think that you're in the same
0: bracket of suffering and, and difficulty. The anger over the last... No, you're right. And you've put it very eloquently and very descriptively. But why... Many people are saying, how can they find three billion? Where did they get it? Who gave yeah, it to them? But, to all uh, of a sudden you know, to be able to do what they couldn't do yeah, when everyone was yeah. crying out for years. Yeah, but look, Neil, stop it. I mean, that's depressing. The, it, that is... The, no, it's not depressing. Look.
4: Look, stop. Three billion. Everybody said... When, when when look, when an emergency happens... We have to find the money. And don't equate an emergency like the pandemic
5: yeah. and now
4: the war. Don't, 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 don't conflate that with saying the government is, is not doing this, it's not doing that, and all the other crap. Look, obviously, the, the government can't solve everybody's problems. Full stop. And no matter okay. what government's in office, they can't, it can't be done. We found the money for the pandemic. We have to find it. And we'll be in debt over that. And we'll be in debt over this as well. But this, this, is, this is an emergency. That's okay. what an emergency is. But look, will and you ever... D- 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 stop, I, 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 I'm not even going to go there, uh, Neil. To compare, I, I, as I say, I don't want to diminish anyone's struggles. And I mean no offence to anybody who's struggling. But please... Do you have a home? Yeah. Do you have a roof over your head? Yeah, I do. Yeah. And I, and I walked and paid for it the whole lot and everything else
0: over the year. Good man. And is that I, why in your I, text yeah. you have a bit of a swipe at people on the dole?
4: No, no, I'm not having a swim anyone at all. I'm just saying whatever your difficulties in life are, and loads of people have difficulties.
0: You said they don't have, mon- people who are complaining don't have a monopoly on taxpayers' money just because they're on the dole?
4: No, I, I never used the word the dole. Oh,
0: okay. All
4: right. I just, I just said anybody who's struggling and holds on benefits or whatever it is for whatever reason. No particular group in society has a, has a monopoly on. The, mo- the money and the funds that this checker has available. Okay, we have okay. to find and we have to support people. If this was 1939 and loads of Jewish people their children showed up here, what w- would we be given out about them?
0: Um, I, I think that that yeah, 1939 is a different scenario entirely. It, actually, in, and yeah, into yeah, the forties yeah. and and thereafter. But you got to remember that in the fifties and sixties, and to an extent the seventies. Yeah. The Corporation and the councils were building an awful lot of homes um, and they weren't they weren 't just kind of giving them away to people either back then yeah. or giving them to them yeah. but for twenty five or thirty or forty pounds a week. They were actually giving them loans and people yeah. would get the house and they 'd get a loan and they 'd pay the corporation back. It was a fantastic yeah, yeah. system that existed back then, but they stopped yeah, but doing if, that then yeah yeah, but Niamh, Neil I'm gonna to have to go.
4: I'm not having to yeah. go I'm All not right. I'm not having to go at people who are struggling. They, I, and I understand that. But please get a reality check. You are not in this city. If if you see planes flying over and they're not right near, they're not yelling us, they're delivering bombs. Go man. man. Killing you killing your neighbours, your sons, your fathers, your uncles. And everybody, when women, if you think you're in the same realm, then then you need to have a look in
0: the mirror. Thanks, Leslie. Well put, appreciate it. It's good to get everybody's point of view. That's what this is all about. Phil, good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. We're talking billions and billions and billions. Go ahead.
9: Oh, well, yeah. Well, here, here is it. Now, I keep hearing people saying, like, it's three billion. Where is this three billion coming from? In the October budget, um, Michael McGrath and Pascal O'Donoghue set aside a contingency fund of £4.5 billion in case there was COVID. In case COVID came on, that there was another vote that there was going to be all out of again or shut in the country. Move around
0: there. It's not a great billion. line, Phil. They set aside 4000000000 billion, you're saying, in case there was yes. another uh, surge in the pandemic. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah.
9: So they're using... That four billion, they're taking two point five billion from that four to put into uh, supporting the Ukrainian people. Okay, yeah.
0: So They've it's, it's taken... the it's the COVID contingency fund that this is yes, being spent.
9: that yeah. is what's paying this. Yeah. So they took five hundred million first out of it, and they gave that in the I suppose the economy when inflation for... Yeah, but, what, I, I,
0: but I understand that, but why does it matter what piggy bank they founded it from? It's still a fund that was probably paid by the taxpayer.
9: Oh, it is. I understand that completely, but nobody seems to get it. Everybody thinks that this three billion fell out of the air when it didn't. It's the tax, the taxpayer's money that was set aside in case there was going to be another surge in COVID, the country was going to be in lockdown again, and that's where the four billion was supposed to be for. That's... that's that's what I have made from it. From listening to it, that's the way I picked it up. And when I see that they're taking two point five billion, they can take the four billion.
0: Up to four, but because that's, that's what they have put aside. Well, yeah. here's hoping it's that totally there's not. Exactly here's hoping that there's not another pandemic, and we don't need another round of pop payments. Then, because they have to find more money for that.
9: And they'll have to find more money for that again. But you don't, you know, the coalition government will find money when they need money. Me. Ne? They will always find money
0: somewhere. Okay, pick up the phone, lads. 0818 okay. 104 so, Thanks, Phil. Back after the break. <laughs>
2: Call the Neil Prenderville Show now, 0818-104-106, Red FM.
0: And do keep those texts coming, and it's busy this morning. Texts came in there recently on vacant houses. I was asking you to identify them in your own community. Hi, Neil, this house in Ballinour Avenue in man empty for months. It's all painted. They put in new carpets yesterday. Uh, can just ask You should ask City Council about how long more it will take. There's a council house just after being vacated in Churchfield Place, uh, four bedrooms. House is immaculate. It. They could put anyone in there today, but it's more likely it'll be idle for months, maybe years. Uh, there are a lot, lot of brand new houses sitting empty in Middleton on the Mill Road. Uh, there's more here. There are three houses belonging to the council in Ballancolic, two in Castle Park, one in Inishmore. They have been idle and empty for over three years. There's a four-bedroom house vacant in Leesdale on the Model Farm Road. Council workers are at it at the moment. You know how long they take? Last house there was vacant and idle for nearly Two years. Another one. I gave up a four-bedroom disability adapted council house in Castle Martyr last August, and it is still empty, says Dennis. Since last August, you would think that that would be turned around asap. Particularly considering the call I had earlier on with uh, disability with her disabled or um, uh, limited mobility husband. Uh, Sort out all the empty houses. I live in Castle Martyr. There are five empty houses on the main street that are all boarded up. Yeah, the, the actual main street in, T, in Castle Martin could do with a bit of TLC of that, you can be sure. So text others if you have them, text 086-8104-106. Leslie won't like it, but here is a selection of texts from yesterday um, amongst them. There's nobody going home anytime soon, Neil, when they realise how good the welfare state is here. Why would you go back to rubble when you can get what you want for free, so long as you're not Irish? Uh, another one, why would refugees go home if they have social homes here and everything they need? The country, their country, will take years to rebuild. Why go back to it? I do sympathize with uh, refugees. This government needs to get off their arse, though, and help the Irish. A few months ago, you spoke about Shan Owen in Rathcormack. This builder has not been seen since before Christmas. Vanished into thin air. And no help for private estates left in conditions like this. Another one. Why were those houses not sorted years ago? Uh, when some of them are empty and boarded up for years, why is the government putting people on expensive hotels and not sorting out houses. Uh, they found 3 billion for houses. My blood pressure's gone up listening to what's going on and our own people can't move out of home or even buy or rent. It's depressing. Some couples are paying 1900 a month. In the name of God, what has gone so wrong? Um, but bam, one or two more listening to Christopher O'Sullivan, Christopher Sullivan Fall. He's not living in the real world. Our country's a mess. We can't accommodate refugees and people in direct provision. Thousands and thousands of our own people are on waiting lists and must be looked after first. Uh, you're talking about empty council houses around Cork. Cove has at least eight that are ready to move into. My granddaughter is sleeping on her mother's couch with a three-year-old son in his bed in the sitting room. The house is overcrowded uh, and there's one baby on the way. Um, and I know there'll be texts saying, why is there another baby on the way if those are the conditions you're living in? I know. Uh, an unbelievable stat put out. Uh, yeah, I gave it earlier this morning. Mayo County Council turn houses around in 12 weeks. Cork City Council takes 85 weeks. Our so-called government are creating a divide between us and the refugees. We'll end up angry towards them, and that won't be right. We're already being accused of racism, and that's down to the shame of the government. Uh, you're some langer in a nice way. Why don't you get on to the government departments and find out why they aren't housing dogs in the proper and correct places? Um, I'm going to tell you one thing. If rabies gets introduced back into Ireland, uh, I'll be blaming the inadequate checks by an inadequate government. Uh, th- this is to do with the conversation yesterday regarding dogs coming in from overseas as pets. May God forgive them what they've done to this beautiful country, Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael. Uh, listening in work uh, and what the council is doing is wrong. It's one thing to help others, but giving them their own front door keys is not on. While we have families living in hotel rooms or, as we've heard in your programme in the past, sleeping in their cars. Watch Roddy Doyle's film, Roisin, It's True Life. We all know most of them will not return home because their children will be brought here next. They'll meet partners and have more. They'll have nothing to go back to in Ukraine for 30 years. Uh, But listening about the housing crisis, uh, my grandchild has been living in a hotel since January. Uh, They have a lot going on. I even suggested a couple of weeks ago about renting an apartment or a house in Red Barn. And I was told they're not looking into this. I now realize the reasons why. Of course, because um, refugees will go to Red Barn. Ukrainians can come in unvaccinated, but during the pandemic, I couldn't go into my local. People had to look in the window of nursing homes or watch their relatives die. Uh, and there's like just reams of them. On other topics from yesterday, um, and we were talking about jobs or people looking for jobs. I love texts like this. Can you please mention on your radio show that Supermax on the North Main Street are currently looking for full and part-time staff? I currently work in Supermax. It's a great work environment and very flexible. We're also looking for delivery drivers for the weekends. They must be over 18, have a full licence. I just want to get the word out there and help people who might be looking for work. Thank you, Supermax on the North Main Street. I see a lot of signs up on windows, actually, on businesses, not just here in Cork, but I was down in Fromoy on Sunday. A lot of signs in the windows and Fromoy looking for staff as well. But what has this city come to, says a texter? Yesterday I witnessed a man so out of it in a public bathroom that he kept dropping his needle and was actually unable to inject himself. Today, I just saw a young man no older than twenty sitting in a doorway that went out of care in the world with a needle sticking and hanging out of his arm. He got up and walked off with the strap still round his arm. What kind of a world will my small children grow up in? It's a far different city I to walk around when I was a teenager out shopping. So all of those texts to 086-8104-106 and there's lots more besides that which I'll come back to throughout the course of the morning. Just want to stop down for a few seconds if you don't mind because I mentioned yesterday that a 28 year old man uh, who set upon a father of one at a homeless camp in Cork City before punching him and kicking him to death was jailed earlier this year for 11 years. That's the court report from the Echo that I was reading out yesterday morning and it has to do of course with the death of Timmy Harahan who died at the age of 53. He was choked to death, choked on his own blood after he was attacked by James Brady and another character. Now, the other character can't be named for legal reasons, but Brady certainly was a Mayfield man. Pleaded not guilty to murder of the former chef, but later admitted manslaughter. So that was before the court courts earlier in the week, and uh, he got 11 years jail for it. Um, And I didn't want Timmy to be lost in all of this, because um, uh, I, I do recall... Uh, chatting and uh, spending uh, over a period of a couple of days actually uh, on the on the streets. sometimes by day and on one night as well I spent time with with Timmy and this was back in November of night of 2018 you might remember uh, that was a very very cold winter and a very cold month and I forget it Uh, and uh, it was very cold night and it was on one of the, the night runs with the support homeless support groups at the time um, and I met Timmy on the first night, and we had a good chat him and others. And then I met him again on the on the second night when I was out. And then um, I met him with one or two, with another chap, actually another homeless chap. I remember uh, at the time chatting with Timmy and a chap from Afghanistan, uh, and they were badly in need of clothing and footwear and, and somewhere to stay. So we went off doing a bit of shopping, the three of us, and we went into. Into pennies, and we went into duns and places like that and got a bit of food. And then on the day after that, again, um, I was trying to organize some. I just wanted them to get a shower and get to be able to put on the clean clothes and have a couple of days where they could rest in a bed and breakfast or a hostel. And I had trouble getting them into into hostels, um, but I eventually did get them into um, a bed and breakfast up in Summerhill North. Um, but this is part of the chat that I had at the time with the late Timmy Harahan so that he's not forgotten in the week uh, that a man went to jail uh, for uh, his death. And this is this is Timmy. Timmy, yeah. you, you've got a few layers of clothes off there. Yeah. Timmy, is, is it true that you were telling me last night that you were a chef when you yeah. were younger?
11: I was, I'm a chef. I was in the UK and I worked in the Hilton and I actually completed my leaving certs and I've tried and tried to get jobs here, putting CVs in, everything and no response back. And without an
0: address and without somewhere where you can go and shower and clean up, um, it's very hard to be taken
11: seriously when you walk in looking for a job. Yeah, that's quite obvious. You know, anywhere, actually even shops, anywhere, they actually look at you derogatory in a bad way. And even down at the bus station, if you try to get on a bus, they look at you really, really badly. You know, um, looking at
0: you today and talking with you today on a Friday afternoon in your own bedroom in a guest house, You're in much better shape, and I don't mean this disrespectfully than when I met you last night, because clearly living on the streets, I would also be drinking the same quantities as you guys. Um, You're like a different person, though.
11: I am totally different. And it's actually only for you being around, you know, and saying, and able to speak about this, because my drinking was very, very high at one stage, because um, that's why I had to go to. uh, treatment as well and that was um, and the treatment
0: went really well didn't it in fact you were even chefing and cooking while in the treatment for a year, year and a half that's but right. did you say the monkey on your back started to tell you it was yeah, ok to have it it's like
11: him? that person, you know when you're back on the street and you don't ha- can't go anywhere again, that monkey on my shoulder said go back to alcohol again and unfortunately that's what happened so how, what does your day consist of then? Uh, it's wandering around basically around the whole city to try and find where can i sleep tonight is it going to be safe and in cork in most places in cork it's not safe in the city center around the city center anyway. why have, have you been hurt Uh, Yeah, I've been attacked three times and ended up in hospital because of those attacks. Can you tell me about, say, for instance, the last attack? The last attack um, happened two weeks ago and a person stomped on my hand and I've ended up with fractures on my hand plus fractures down my right side and the, the actual rib went into my lung. It may sound like a stupid question but why were they trying to rob you of something that you clearly didn't have? I didn't have a, a cent in my pocket and they probably thought I had something on me. Yes. And they left you there. And I, they left me there. And when you sleep at night a lot of
0: ta- a lot of the time both of you near near the water which is the coldest mm-hmm. place, are you safe then?
11: Um cold more than and not safe either but really cold it's really we're city on stone basically you know and yeah we might have a, a duvet or a few blankets but you're still cold you wake up at four and you're hypothermic you know you're shaking with the cold
0: and then when you get up in the morning um what do you do i mean how are you feeling first thing
11: I actually went, this morning when I stood up, my legs were like jelly, and that wasn't even from the drink, that was from cold, you know, from laying flat on real real cold stone and then wake up It actually takes you a while to get yourself stabilized on your feet basically but your years like this now yeah, i mean you're in your early 50s but like, yeah. you know you're not getting any younger are you optimistic that sooner or later things will improve yes i am i'm going to fight for myself and I, I, i'd love to fight for other people that are homeless as well and we need to stand up for ourselves at last Yeah, so
0: something I noticed as well is that do you feel as if you're invisible to the greater majority of people apart from helping hands and the different agencies that help you? Other than that, do you think that people have become um, used to seeing homeless to the point that they ignore homelessness?
11: That is very true. What you just said, they look at you like you're a zero, you know, and they say, oh, he's homeless again. Or this guy's home, is the, oh, we saw 10 of those before, and they just walk past you like you're not there, and that's invisibility. Okay,
1: well, I hope that,
0: you know, maybe over the next couple of nights you can get a shower and get changed and get cleaned up, and, and hopefully things will improve. Thank you, know, you very much. Christmas probably means very little to you, I would think.
11: Um, it's, Christmas actually doesn't exist really for me at the moment, but I, the only thing, Christmas is a sad time for me because my dad passed away at this time. Okay, what well, were thinking of him at this
0: time? Thank you. Yeah, that's Timmy. Good old Timmy. Poor old Timmy. He looked. Uh, he got a couple of nights' sleep, and he looked a million dollars in his in all his new clobber. And he looked like he just looked. Uh, he looked so great at that time when you get a shower and get to wash your hair and put on clean clothes and good shoes and things like that. You know. I imagine you are no longer invisible to the greater community. But there was a couple of nights sitting on the side of a bed chatting at a B and B in Summerhill North. There was. Um, there was Timmy, there was myself, there was a chap called Jay who is from Afghanistan. I haven't seen Jay around in, in, in some time now. I, I know that my last conversation with Jay a couple of years back, uh, he had just come out of jail at that stage and he was making the point that it was better in jail. You know, Imagine saying that, better in jail than to be homeless on our streets. But that was November um, of 2018 and then the following October,
2: uh, Timmy Harahan uh, was dead. Talk to Neil Prenderville now, 818
0: 104 Red FM. You might recall some time ago the funeral TD, James O'Connor, who was taking part in a group Zoom call. I think it might have been a party Zoom call while at the wheel. Um, it was the party's weekly video conference get-together. Um, and, of course, this is highly, highly dangerous thing to do. It was back in 2020. I was reminded of this morning, actually, with an article in the Echo today uh, where uh, Victor Schein, second officer at Cork City Fire Brigade, is saying that distractions uh, while driving are at an all-time high. Uh, and I just wanted to chat with him about this because he actually did mention people Zooming not listen- And I don't mean speeding, just engaged in Zoom meetings while uh, driving. Victor, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Um, and you say a lot more than just that, but you do say that, dis- that action, a- accidents are at an all-time high because of distractions. Not driving habits as such, distractions. What are the distractions?
12: Only yesterday, Neil, I was uh, driving along the road and I saw a female driver with kids in the back of the car and they were obviously on either some video link call because you see the, the female driver holding the phone up to the passengers in the back to their kids and they're communicating with somebody on the other side of the phone via camera,
0: you know? So it, it's so, so the, so the, the woman is holding up the, uh, the, the phone and um, they're on a the video call to the kids and... To the, on a video call to the kids in the back of the,
12: in, in the, back of the car. While, while moving? Oh, while driving, absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I was shocked. My mouth just fell open and I couldn't believe what I was looking Has at. Has
0: she now. any it's idea in her tiny mind as to the danger she's putting her children in? No, not in a million years, you know.
12: So it's, it's on the increase, um, and uh, we see, particularly when we're dealing with road traffic, incidents for example Uh, people driving by with the phones um, on recording the incident out their driver's window and only quite recently there was a guard pursued a truck driver recording uh, one of our incidents as well and um, I'm sure he got uh, (laughs) all the pressures of the law put down upon him for for carrying in that manner so he played the truck recording an
0: incident while he was driving. driving. Okay, where he needs 100% concentration on the vehicle he's driving, it's big, and it is just, uh, it's like multi-tons. But the Zoom meetings while driving, is that a new thing?
12: It seems to be getting more popular because people's time now is uh, kind of, people are working from home, people are working on the move, and um, more meetings are happening over Zoom, and people are willing to take the chance of landing the phone or the uh, tablet or the PC up in front of them in the car and having a meeting with
0: <laughs> on the go. But well, where would they put the, the PC? Not up on the dashboard, surely.
12: I've seen phones uh, in the hand while driving. I've seen phones on these um, magnetic cradles, you know, the, the yeah. suction cups onto the windscreen yeah. yeah. and the driving, and down to a, a tablet, obviously, with um, phone connection, down on the passenger seat and people having their
0: meetings have you ever have you ever come across accidents where you can identify something like that as the cause of the accident
12: um a lot of the guard you know when when we're dealing with the collisions and so on they're paying a lot of attention to the the phone and the, the last um kind of functions the phone had whether it was texting or phone calls or Whatever, so it's becoming one of the um, one of the things that's been looked at uh, following road traffic collisions.
0: Would would, would Would all road traffic collisions be investigated as to the reason for the crash or the accident or the fatality or the injury?
12: Obviously if it's a fatality it goes into extreme detail, um, you know, with uh, the causes and so on and the lead up to the incident. Yeah. Um but yeah, the Guardi are very much aware of these types of scenarios now and the what has caused it and distractions. You know, when it's something out of the unusual. But we look at their phones, we can interrogate phones even for medical information, you know, if we wanted to find out who the person was, if they're unconscious or deceased. Yeah. We can interrogate a mobile phone and get some emergency details and contact details from that for our, our benefit as yeah, well.
0: Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. But, um, so it's not, it's not necessarily uh, just speed now anymore. It's not necessarily just driver distractions or, b- sorry, driver's bad habits. It could be the technology in the car, the phone, the, the, yeah. the screen, the texting. Exactly. Absolutely. It's a substantial distraction in the car. Like, speaking on the phone hands-free is
12: one thing, but actually having full video meetings and conversations is to a new all-time high level. I think it's it's super distracting and I'm involved in training advanced drivers for emergency vehicles and you, even at our level, you have to be 100% concentrating on the road at all times. But you're okay with,
0: with people listening to music or talking hands-free?
12: Absolutely. The technology is there for that. It is, it is some bit distracting, but not as distracting as, you know, looking at somebody on a screen. It's like watching a movie in the car while you're driving. It's, yeah. It's just It's just not on. It's, it's you know, it's just too dangerous. Highly dangerous.
0: Okay. I'm, I'm quite sure that I get texts from people I hope I do who have witnessed crazy driving habits or things people do behind the wheel. Text oh eight six eight one zero four one zero six on that one. But you talk about um, people on bikes and scooters and e bikes yes. with headphones in. Talk to me about that.
12: The headphones in, um, particularly now on the cycle pathways that would we'll be sharing a footpath. We've come across people being hit by cyclists, um, traveling at considerable speeds now on the cycle paths and uh, very close proximity to pedestrians. I'm not going to go into the exact location. But why but, can't
0: um, I wear earpods when I'm cycling along of a sun, sunny afternoon? Again, it is a potential distraction
12: to you. Um again, the volumes sometimes are very loud in, in the, with the earpods in. Now maybe a monopod or a single earphone in that you have at least some ability to hear somebody communicating to you or even another cyclist coming up. I came across a cyclist that was knocked off their bike yesterday just because um, a cyclist came up and uh, just touched wheels, you know? Um, so, you have to have the ability to hear somebody ringing the bell or communicating with you while you're on your bicycle as well. Yeah.
0: yeah. Hey, incidentally, did, think,
12: yeah, go ahead. I think it's when you have um, cyclists using uh, Google Maps and trying to navigate um, while cycling. And again, with the e-bikes, you're, you're traveling at a considerable speed. You know, uh, it varies from, obviously, the power of the, the bicycle. 25 kilometers, I think, or, I think. Is it, Victor? Absolutely, I was going to say 25, 30 K, you know, and you could have people traveling at that speed down the footpath, you know, with, again, sharing the footpath with, um, with a pedestrian. And, um, you know, and going down uh, pedestrianized streets and so on with bikes. I, I'm sure you've seen it every day and particularly, particular types of, um, cyclists with, uh, additional weights that may, uh, have balance issues and so on like that. So, the speed has to um, be appropriate to the, the location and you have to be concentrating on your business. Okay, all just
0: on that point with, so regards with, to, with regards to e-scooters, right? I don't know whether you have any skin in the game on this one, but Eamon Ryan has said he's not going to set an age limit on the use of e-scooters on public roads. Now, other European countries do have them. Some of them, like Italy, it's 18. Portugal, it's 16. and Germany, it's 14. But we're not going to have any age limit, which means technically a four, six, seven year old could have an e-scooter 25 or 30 kilometers in a bicycle lane.
12: Exactly. My, my personal belief, I cycle myself, is that there should be some form of training or, um, I wouldn't go down the, the route of baby licensing, but a competency skill or a test that uh, you would have for maybe cycling your bikes or um, using the E-type vehicles, whether it's a scooter or um, a, a powered uh, bicycle and so on at the speed that you're going. To yeah, do but this, an electric you
0: know? bike is an entirely different beast. You have to pedal that. It's it's pretty much a it's pretty much a bicycle with a little bit of assisted power. But an e-bike is a different beast entirely. You know, twenty-five or thirty kilometers with no age limit. I mean, are they are the fire brigade allowed comment on that at all? No, I wouldn't comment
12: on age, but I would comment on the uh, the responsibilities oh. and the the skills of the the rider. If you look at some of these bikes now. They're almost as big as a small motorcycle. If you think of the old Honda fifties in my in my day, okay. Some of these uh, pedal bikes now, as you as you're referring to the VSD bikes, they're very much the same. They're like off-road mountain vehicles, huge tires, very substantial weight, and travelling at a decent speed yeah. and being, a- being able to drive down the footpath.
0: But how, I'm just so. curious as to how can Eamon Ryan say that an e-scooter functions and looks like a bicycle? It doesn't look like a bicycle. It doesn't function like no, a bicycle. It, no, it doesn't. And when, when
12: you see the riders having to wear helmets, having to wear uh, knee pads, elbow pads and so on, they, they understand if they fall off, they're going to be injured badly. So they're taking that precaution because of the speed that you can get up to on these these
0: vehicles. I, I just think and that the fire brigade needs to be on a red alert and the Guard as well and the ambulance service that really it's kind of given a green light to anyone of any age including children to have uh, uh, an e-scooter. Yeah and the other thing that i have just on the fire... They won't have side, they, they yeah, won't have any yeah. knowledge of the rules of the road, a child.
12: No they won't and plugging these vehicles in or these uh, scooters or bicycles um, inside in... Um accommodation spaces, whether it's the departments, flats, houses and so on, we are coming across these types of um, batteries now going on fire and causing you know, obviously fire issues and hazardous situations. I
0: had a chap on the air last year who was charging his bike in his bedroom and the battery went on fire.
12: Yeah, so these are um, another situation that we're coming across and um, obviously we're doing a lot of work and a lot of uh, building of technology and training for the electric motor vehicles, so but it's very similar but in a smaller scale to your scooter and your bicycle having it plugged in indoors. Yeah. You know, so yeah. you have to have all the appropriate uh, precautions in place for okay.
0: that. Okay, okay. 100% concentration while driving. That's the message, isn't it? While Thanks, driving. Victor. Appreciate you taking the call. Take care. Victor no Cheyenne, second officer with the Cork City Fire Brigade. Your texts are so welcome. Text 0868 104 What you've observed in traffic and other people doing and indeed your thoughts on uh, e-scooters. Back after 11.
13: Hey, it's Dave. Join me weekdays from 4
12: for Dave Max Driver. I'll help get you home or give you a little lift At home, big hits, loads of fun features and traffic info. What more could you need? Join me. Weekdays from 4, Dave Max Drive.
2: 104 to 106. Red FM. This is the Neil Frienderville
0: Show. So keep those texts coming on perfectly good vacant city council houses, please. There's a perfectly good house in Kilraine Downey Avenue in High and retrofitted three years ago and has been lying idle ever since. So the list goes on and on. So keep those coming. Text 86 eight 106 Listen, uh, in this hour, a little later on this morning we will be launching Ed FM and Red FM turns to Ed FM from midday today and we will be ringing out the Shandon Bells with Colum O'Sullivan to the tune of a uh, an uh, an Ed Sheeran song I'll say no more about it than that but I will be linking live to Colum at Shandon Bells but even ahead of that in studio we'll have Sparky and Jamie the King from the Cabin live in studio. they produced a song that specially, was specially commissioned by Cork's Ed FM to mark the return of Eddie Sheeran to Cork um, and we'll be playing that live in studio with the two lads. You might remember Sparky and Jamie the King. They hung out with Ed Sheeran when he performed and they performed with him on the Late Late show, Toy Show last year. Got a new song called Make Ed Rebel Red. So all that to come a little later on this morning. I, that's a super question. Uh, I was off the phone from Victor Shine from the Fire Brigade when I saw this text, it said, will you please ask the second officer if it's irresponsible for cyclists to use the South Link to or from the city at at Rush Hour. I I, I actually don't have any I don't even know, is it legal? Is it? I mean, I think it probably is legal, is it? For cyclists to use the Link Roads? I mean, they are very fast traffic, but there's the little, you know, side lane there I suppose for for cyclists. I don't know, is it it a law? Is it against the law? Perhaps somebody would tell me. I didn't see the text. I could have asked uh, Victor when he was on the air. Um, I'm hearing already that it's a national road so it's technically legal because it is and those roads are not deemed to be motorways. Anyway, can I just stay on this actually with regards to driving uh, and driving habits and of course people who are engaging in video Zoom meetings while driving are texting while driving alan goggins from balancolic originally but apparently i'm just coming to this very quickly now i'm only kind of hearing it as i'm talking to you he's got an app called truce software and i wanted to talk to him now because you know the way we just move on and i won't get an opportunity to do it so it's current now alan good morning good morning neil how are you truce software is is clearly some sort of an app that's installed on the phones why
14: yeah, it's it's to eliminate distracted driving. Um, we're seeing so as, uh,
0: is he... sorry. sorry to to eliminate distracting distracted driving. Go distracted ahead. driving,
14: yeah, yeah. Um, especially for our commercial commercial customers um, across the world. Um, we're seeing it with smart devices. It's a growing problem, as your show alluded to earlier, with Zoom calls, Netflix on phones, uh, WhatsApp, Facebook, YouTube. You know, so we we want to be able to kind of. Um, bring uh, a level of access and control for employers.
0: Employers um, who provide phones to employees, is it? Yes, and, and vehicles in
14: most cases. And what we want to do is we want to bring a level of guaranteed compliance to them that the uh, the, the smart device won't be used while driving.
0: Okay. How does it work?
14: Yes, yeah, great question. So we download the app onto the device once and um, we put a, a small beacon about the size of a gents wallet into the into the glove box we don't have to fit it you just place it and that allows us to you know recognize every time the car is or the vehicle or the van or the truck is moving right and um, and then the the beacon talks to the the app it um then sets a profile so you know by law you can use google maps and hands-free calling and that's what we allow access to most of the time unless there's something else somebody requires, customized. Right, right. And and then everything else is suppressed, notifications, your access to, as I mentioned, Facebook and YouTube and everything else. And then when the journey is complete, uh, the phone goes back to to perfectly normal working and you have uh, full access.
0: Does that restrict somebody from the ability to text while driving? Yes, uh, text,
14: use of uh, social media, email um, and any other uh, applications.
0: What, what, does a, does an alert or an alarm go off back at base to say that uh, Neil is texting on, oh, you see, I can't even do it anyway, so there's no alerts, Neil.
14: Yeah, you can't see it. So we, we have, a, what we do is we kind of uh, dismiss and hide all those applications, so all you'll see on your screen right. is the yeah. phone application and uh, Google Maps. Okay. Everything else is gone until the journey is completed. Okay, but
2: what
0: about if I just delete your app from my phone? Yeah, um, who,
14: whoever's running it back at base or your, your managing director, CEO will be notified immediately um, and they'll just pick up the call or pick up the phone and just say, here, Neil, yeah, I know you've deleted the app, could you put that back on? You know, like this is, this is done for uh, two specific reasons. We've seen globally an average reduction in accidents of about 40%, which is for a fleet of, uh, somebody running a fleet is a huge you know, uh, accident reduction figure, cost savings, um, and then obviously that's going to have a massive knock-on with insurance, which I know is a a hot topic now at the moment as well. Could you get cheaper
0: car insurance with your app on board then?
14: Here, look, we're working with the insurance industry, but I can't guarantee anything on any specific policy. But we do know if you drop your, 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 you know, if you had 20 accidents last year and you drop it by 40% this year, you're going to have a, a reduction next
0: year. You yeah, know? yeah, 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 yeah. It's incredible. Mm-hmm. I mean, is there any tech being introduced into new cars that were a system? I mean, I don't want to take away from your success and yeah. your brilliant invention, but are any of them, like, maybe the, you know, the, the, the Scandinavians and the way they yeah. are, like, w- would they be fitting that kind of tech in cars where you're just restricted the minute you get into the car?
14: Yeah, yeah, the folks at Toyota and Volvo have done little pieces, but what happens is that has to be, and, and even Apple have a kind of a soft, and Android have soft variations, but you have, to, you have to click it on each journey, where ours is automatic and preset for, you know, you can set it from, say, 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. if you wanted, if, if it was maybe a company car. And then they had use of it after hours, whereas th- those uh, o- other systems, you've got to you've got to remember every time you get in the car, you know, the screaming kids and the shopping bag. Yeah, it's to, just to, to yeah. click into it and yeah. to activate it. So that's the problem there. It's that kind of, you know, uh,
0: and have you rolled the app out internationally? How's that going for you? Yeah, really strongly, really
14: strongly. So we were based uh, out of North America, founded about eight years ago. We were brought to Europe about three years ago, headquartered here in Dublin for Europe. Um, But we have customers from Australia, Belgium, UK, Ireland, uh, all the way back to Latin America, North America. So growing rapidly so your is backstory
0: great. is you're originally from Ballincollig. you're clearly not here anymore now and haven't been for a while is that right no no
14: no unfortunately i was, I was uh, moved up uh, moved up to kildare a long long time ago yeah, but, uh, yeah obviously the family and the roots are still down there yeah. and that's how i heard my uncle was uh listening to the show so thanks richie Goggin, for that
0: yeah 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 but did, did you end up going to america to develop the software
14: no, no, no. I was brought on board when uh, they uh, expanded here into, uh, into Europe uh, and set up the, the
0: Dublin European HQ. Gotcha. And what kind of cost is involved in Truce software for an employer?
14: Yeah, so we're, we're a SaaS business, so that's software as a service. Um, and we run, a, like, it's a small monthly fee per, per user um, over a kind of a three-year contract. So we have a small fee, nothing up front or nothing for anything else and all your training and applications, updates, everything is included in that. So it's just a small rolling monthly figure.
0: Well, it's like a five or something. It depends on what small is it. Is it 10 or is it 50? Yeah, yeah. It, it, yeah,
14: well, here, look, we will say something around 10, 12 euros. Per phone? Per, per user, we go by a person because we offer up to kind of three devices per person. Sometimes you have a personal phone, a work phone, maybe a tablet is involved in your in your job, you know, order taking and stuff like that. So, we like to cover the individual for no matter how many devices they have.
0: Well done. Okay. Well, if it keeps people safe, that's got to exactly. be a good thing. And where can people get further details of the Truce? Yeah, uh, www.trucesoftware.com. Couldn't be simpler. Appreciate nope. you taking the call, Alan. All the best. Thank you. Thanks very much. Take care the ever changing world of technology, the things people come up with. So, you have Truce. You can also have a tracker app, incidentally. And I always spoke about that in the past with track and trace where you can fit trackers to uh, your... I mean, obviously I not be slipping trackers on your husband's car, your wife's car, your partner's car. I'm not suggesting anything like that. I'm just saying with regards to work vehicles, whether it might be a lorry or a truck or a van or a company vehicle... You can track them as well. Back after the break.
2: Text the Neil Brendaville show now. 0868104106 Red
0: FM. I'm going to say I've said as much as I'm going to say with regards to the man who got eleven years jail now for uh, his uh, involvement in the death of uh, Timmy Harahan I won't say any more about that. It was before the courts during the week, but I remember just uh, you know fifteen minutes ago they were playing a piece of audio there of myself and, and Timmy in a, in a bed and breakfast up in Summerhill. Summerhill North, back in 2018, it was himself, myself, and a, another homeless chap, lovely guy called Jay from Afghanistan. Paula, good morning.
15: Good morning, Neil. Uh, you? you
0: you work with her homeless services in Cork. You knew Timmy. I
15: knew Timmy, and I knew I knew Jamel, and unfortunately, Jamel has passed away. Also,
0: yeah. So I knew him. Uh, I knew him as Jay, uh, but his Jay, name his yeah. name was Jamel. I'm absolutely I'm absolutely gutted to hear um, that news because I was yeah. just saying on the yeah. air 10 minutes ago I hadn't seen Jay around in a yeah. long time. Bumped into him a few times after my chat and spend, I spent a few days um, with Timmy and Jay but the odd time then I'd meet him and, and we'd chat and give yeah. him a couple of bob and yeah. stuff. Well, I mean, you can't go into the details of his no. death. No, no, but. no, we couldn't go into the details, um,
15: Neil, but, um, you know, I was shocked too when I heard that He was a lovely. He was a nice person, you know. He was very, very funny. The great Santiago Martin Sorda, Timmy, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. But unfortunately, you know, because of the homelessness and the situation that we're in today, it's kind of uh, it, it's it's ongoing, you know.
0: So poor old Jay never got a break, no.
15: Well, he did. He he he. Things were, his life wasn't wasn't kind to him. We'll put it like that, Gail. Um, you know, he'd, he'd, he'd by Tim sometimes, God loves him, he'd be battered and bruised, yep. be destroyed, I you know, know. But unfortunately, you know, when I heard the news, I was very saddened by it. Because oh, I'm heartbroken. He was a nice person, and, and Timmy also, you know. You know, I'm
0: heartbroken. Um, and and, and yeah. this is becoming all so
15: it, yeah, regular, it's it's it's
0: you know. Not, it's I mean, here, all, here yeah. I am talking about two people that I was, you know, dealing with on a personal level, Timmy and Jay, both of them um, now deceased. Yeah. One of them yeah. tragedies of the street and the other, of course, um, had his life taken from him. But I imagine yeah, many right. people who are homeless are are dying, and we're just not hearing of their deaths, like Timmy and Jay.
15: You'd be surprised, Neil. Um, and then, like I suppose, you know, they'd be lost also. You know, for without the homeless groups, because they're absolutely fantastic. Um, you know, I used to do it a lot, but now I kind of moved. I moved out of the city, so I just call up every now and again. But I do meet a, a huge amount of homeless people during the day, and. I always sit down and chat with them and they're, it's heartbreaking to walk away and to leave them behind because there's so much you want to do for them but you can't because they also need to help themselves. And oh, I know. I'm sure I know. People, I know? people I know, I know. are... They're, they're kind of... They're, they're gone too far. To they're
0: trapped, are you? It's a vicious circle they can't break out of. <laughs> but, can. you know, poor old Jay. Yeah. Like, he he's a... He was a young man from Afghanistan. He had no family here. What happens yeah. with with when he dies? Who who buries him? Who who looks after him?
15: Um, that no, Neil, I I don't know. It was like he was he was. I say he would passed the boat a couple of days before I heard it, you know. But uh, I mean, I, I spoke to him many times, and he he thought he was he was living in Yall at one stage. As far as I know, he was telling me, and then he moved up to the city. He did, yeah.
0: Well, yeah. he
15: did, yeah, yeah. But, does the, does uh, the
0: city bury somebody like that, or the council, or the, the HSC? I think, or?
15: Yeah, they do. And Where? usually, yeah. I think they're, 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 um, they go to ring, ring, to be cremated. You know, if they, some of them uh, sure have he, nobody belong.
0: No, belong I'm sure his poor old family back in the same family. in have no in, idea yeah, that he's, he's passed away.
15: They, must, yeah, they yeah. might yeah. even know he's
2: dead. They,
15: they mightn't. That's the thing because many time I said to him, "I had any judge like there was another young guy there, no going around." From another foreign country, and his he, he he no contact with his family. Now this guy was very very young, and I said to him, "If you have a number, I said you can use my phone to, just to let them know that you're okay, that at least you're alive. Your mother, your father, you know." Yeah. And uh, he did. He did. He phoned them, and they were they were overjoyed just to hear his voice. That you know? Because he he was going from like from Cork to Dublin to Limerick, and he was on the move all the time. But and I said, "Have you no contact with your family? Do you realise that they're worried about you, also?" that you have to keep in contact with your family.
0: I wonder how that phone call went.
15: Well, I was there, but sure, I looked over there. He was speaking in um, in Arabic, and I, I, had, I had no idea what he was talking about. He was talking for a good bride, and he said, thanks, thank you very much. He said, I said, you should try to keep in contact, even if it's just a text message. Yeah. Said, I'm around a lot. You can use my phone anytime, you know. But, Nate, That's um, I know. I know. what he said. I
5: know,
15: i Every day hands. of the week, they're yeah. running up and down the streets, and... I've never seen, seen the city really so bad, plus it's very, very dangerous as well. There's a huge amount of attacks. It's it's just, our city so gone. It's gone.
0: Well, in the two Probably cases of Timmy and Jade, Jade, Timmy was Timmy was constantly being beaten up and attacked. He
15: and, was. You know, and ultimately played the people, ultimate people, Yeah, I, I've seen a lot of nasty beatings in town. Um, I think people target uh, vulnerable people. Yeah. They do, they yeah. do. But yeah. they wouldn't come up against somebody like who's who's able to take care of them. No, twice. sure, I know.
0: Yeah, And poor yeah, old poor poor Jay was carrying the scars of it as well, wasn't he?
15: He yeah. was. Yeah. I've I know. I've seen him many a time. The last time I saw Timmy um, alive, it was on a Saturday evening. And he was all dressed up, uh, just done by the GPO. There was a lot of music going on from the old oak, uh, the, what it, the Oliver Plunkett. And you, yeah. And there he was dancing away. There was a guy in the guitar, and everybody was clapping for him. And you know what? He was so full of life.
0: He was. He was a and lovely fellow. Gone
15: to be taken just like that.
0: Oh no! Heartbroken it's to hear said. the news of Jay as well as Timmy. Very very sad. I know. But I know. But
15: <laughs> it's, it's every couple of weeks, there's somebody. And you know, the uh, the homeless groups then will have would have a vigil. For they'd get together, put a, you know, we'd have a photograph and. And balloons, they're off balloons and play some music and remembrance to all the people who have, and God forbid, I hate saying it, but there'd probably be more, much more because of what's going on in the city today.
0: I know what you're saying. I know.
15: You what know, know. he said.
0: Well, listen, thanks for picking up the phone and updating us and letting us know, Roche. I really no do appreciate it, Paula. Take care of no yourself.
5: No Cheers. Thank you. All the Bye.
0: best. Bye. Text 086-8104-106. Back after the break.
2: The Neil Frendival Show on Cork's Red FM. Our phone lines remain open after midday. 818 106 okay want well, to touch on this now. I was chatting
0: yesterday and thank you to everybody who's getting in touch. We were talking about research that was out yesterday saying that an awful lot of people when they were young or a child had a dream job in mind. But all too often in later life, they regretted not chasing that dream job. All right. And I was asking people, what was your dream job? as a child or a young person, as a teenager, and keep those texts coming, actually. Text 0868104106, and I want to read them out. It'll probably be uh, tomorrow before I turn back to them, but a lot of the texts that I've been getting are texts of regret uh, with regards to the job that they didn't actually chase down. But if you drill into the figure, then, between the sexes, uh, men and women, women very much, the overwhelming majority um, of those women, of people who um, actually regretted not chasing down their dream job or, um, you know, lacked the confidence to pursue that dream job, unfortunately, were women. And I'd love to drill into that. I'll probably end up talking about it a lot more tomorrow. But I did put a set aside some time to talk to Roisin Nikalik, who is the founder of Confident Women Ireland. And she joins me by phone. She actually describes the workplace in Ireland for women as being a toxic environment, and that we have a toxic culture. Roisin, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? And why do women, and I know I'll be talking more about this and I love to chat with people, but why do they lack confidence to hunt down that dream job?
16: Well, for one thing, I would say it's a mindset and it's a belief system and it all comes down to the values and it all comes back to that, um, the Irish culture. Who do you think you are? And that, so that's a very big issue within our society, and a societal issue. So, if you go back to the confidence issue, it's understanding what self-confidence is, what confidence is, and what competence is. So, if you so, confidence is being um, being confident in your ability to perform a skill or a task, mm-hmm. or to do a certain job, or to deliver. Uh, deliver what you have to deliver in your workplace self-confidence comes down to the self and that comes down to your mindset and um, self-respect, self-value self-appreciation and knowing yourself So, and then you come to competence, competence is knowing knowing that you are good at what you do
0: Okay, so if you know all of those things is it a lack of assertiveness then is it a lack of the confidence to push yourself in the workplace yes To step up and say, I can do that. I deserve that. I want to go at that.
16: Yes, because women, when you think about it, women... we live in a, and I'm, I'm not sexist or anything else like that because, you know, I have a beautiful son, but when you look at the research, and as, as it says, 83% of women don't go for promotion or don't uh, lack confidence or don't reach that dream job. If It comes down to the values of who they are in the society that we live in. Or is it that, the, uh,
0: it, is it that men control the promotions or control yes. the jobs?
16: absolutely and you see men don't have an issue of applying for a job that they may not even be qualified in they'll go i can do that and if i don't know how to do it i learned how to do it but you know what i can do that job women we we overthink we overthink things sometimes not all the times but sometimes we overthink oh God you know um, I don't fit three of the criteria of that job application well men would say I fit all of them but three and I can I can learn how to do the other three.
0: so women who may well be qualified to do it don't have the confidence to go for it and men yes. who are underqualified or not suited for it get it.
16: Yes. And women now in women with all this gender equality is going on. It's great. However, it has also become a fact that with, that with the gender equality and all the gender cultures and diversity, they know that, you know, um, if you think for politicians, etc., why do women not put themselves in politics? Because they just don't want to fit the gender quota. They want to get elected, or be promoted in a job because of merit, not because of a tick in the box exercise to fit the gender equality box. Mm, mm, mm.
0: It's kind of sad, though, isn't it, that this survey says that eighty, eight, something like eight in ten women. Uh, lack the confidence to pursue their dream career. They settled for less, that they valued themselves less. Uh, I, I think that's quite disturbing, isn't
16: it? It's very disturbing, but that is also comes from the Irish culture. If it's, this survey was written for the Irish uh, culture in Ireland. So it's the Irish culture. We need to change. We need a mindset shift within Irish culture. Women need a mindset shift in saying, I can do that job. And, if, and you know, reverse it i don't have three of the job description criteria could be out of ten but she will have seven out of ten but then three bottom parts well, i don't have that i don't fit the criteria so we need a mindset shift and that comes down to our even self-confidence so you, we've got to go back to our self-confidence and it, the mindset shift everything comes by the way we speak to ourselves in our internal language our self-talk
0: are they afraid that they come across as being pushy or something
16: you see here's the thing a confident man is oh my god he's so confident he's so able a woman being confident oh sh- who does she think she is
0: yeah but who and thinks who issue. thinks that about her is it men think that about a woman who's confident or is it other women also think that about her? I would wo- say oh, she's fierce, other women pushy.
16: yes other women you see i think and this is my personal uh, this is my personal opinion and my professional opinion and my experience We have these hashtags, women supporting women, women empowering other women. In my experience, the the enemy for women is not the patriarchal, misogynistic, sexist culture. It is other women not supporting other women.
0: Okay, explain that. How can they do better?
16: How can they do better? Women don't... Say, for example, if there's bullying, intimidation or sexist comments going within the workplace, women do not, women just go, oh, um, keep your head down, just keep doing it and ignore that. That's, That's just the way he is. That's just him. Instead of other women all sticking together and all going collectively and saying this behavior is not acceptable. But women won't. But men stick together more than women. And men support men more than what women. Ah, oh, but come on,
0: men! There are men in the world that do support women and don't tolerate Absolutely. that kind of atmosphere no. you talk about.
16: And that is where I was going to come back to, to where I say women don't support women. I find that men will support women who are going through sexism and misogyny and patriarchal uh, issues within the workplace. And that's why I say that w- the biggest enemy isn't men within the patriarchal, misogynistic, and sexist situation and then i was going to say that men will support women more than what women will support women
0: you know it's a it's a very extensive survey that also drills into the effects of covid in the workplace and for, you know the reasons that people stay in jobs that they dislike a lot of the time it's because they're stuck in a rut and just don't have the wherewithal to get out of it others stay in jobs that they don't like for financial security and things although there are more like 33% of people left the job they were doing during the pandemic and the vast majority of them 80% of them did so voluntarily because they just didn't like it so COVID had a big change didn't it?
16: Massive change. When you think about COVID, COVID gave, gave ev- um, everybody within our society I and mean, within our communities yeah. time to reflect on that. And we all went back to basics and we reflected on our core values. What was important to us?
0: And wasn't it what- very interesting that, it, you know, the number one reason for a job was no longer a good salary, that was trounced by a great work-life balance. 75% of surveyed said a a great work-life balance, more than the pay.
16: But if you, if you go back to it, m- many people, uh, if you think of people, like you've got the big cities, you've got Cork. But if you could, many people in Limerick could be working in Cork. Many people in Waterford could be working in Cork. And then sometimes, or Kerry, and then they would probably have to drive for an hour which, to Cork a uh, commuting, which really could take up to an hour and a half on traffic. That, so therefore, they were leave and walk, maybe sometimes at five o'clock in the morning, getting up at five o'clock in the morning, in the car, having their breakfast. Um, on the way yeah. in the car. Yeah. And then then and doing the same when they come back. And then when you look at it, the what life balance, this is what people are looking for now. You've got remote working. People know now that they can have the hybrid um model of working. Working maybe three days from home and then two days in the office. That's working out so well.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, c- I can come back to this again in the morning and I know I'll hopefully be getting texts on it from people how their life has changed. But Just back on the topic of of women and confidence, just on this, um, let me just ask you one thing on this, because women carry um, a a lot of responsibility, probably more than they should when it comes to the division of roles and responsibilities of the sexist. Yeah, you mentioned it, within the home, having children, rearing them, the responsibility. I'm not diminishing a man's role in this, but, but I think it plays on women's mind an awful lot more. Those extra responsibilities hold them back, don't they?
16: they do I saw something on social media again. I shared it you know you've got a, a visual of an of a man uh, going to McDonald's and coming out with a McDonald's bag oh isn't he a funny dad you've got a mother doing the same oh she's a lazy mother <laughs> so tr- it's so true you know, and then you got, you know, and then there was a, a picture of the, of the father pushing the son on the swing. It's not he just an amazing dad, really proactive father, mother doing it, or just the mother's role. Then how many women have to give up their careers and either give up their careers completely or go part time to raise the children? Because of childcare costs,
0: and does that then affect their p- chances of promotion? That there yeah. is so sort of an instinctive barrier there, you know.
16: Absolutely, s- because you know what, employees, employers, when they're doing. Promotion or anything? Oh, she, if she's in the childbearing ages, if you're, oh she could go off on maternity leave, and that what's that? You know, and things like that. So that they they're taking that into account. What I'm finding and my research is more midlife women are more empowered and have more confidence and are going for the promotion in their midlife years.
0: Give one tip then for the little bit of time I've left to build confidence yes. in women.
16: First thing you go back to is your internal self-talk, the language and the the quality of the wording that you use to talk about yourself and to yourself in your self-talk and how you describe yourself in your self-talk it all goes back to the mindset and your self talk because your self talk uh, your self your word, words matter even in your self talk the power of your language and these all affect our spoken words and the tone of our voice so are this you saying that one
0: emotions. that a woman should stand before a before a mirror and give herself a good talking to every day a confidence builder i wouldn't
16: better. say I wouldn't say it's good talking to. We need to be kinder to ourselves.
0: No, I, I, okay, to, that came yeah. across wrong. Yeah, okay, yeah, and we yeah, need to be
16: okay. kinder to ourselves. So, what we need to do is, we women, what we need to do is, we need to actually go back to our belief systems. What we value, integrity, and trust. All women, or anybody like yourself, want to be within the workplace is respected, appreciated, and valued. So, go. Ha, so, how do we actually get there? What we do is. We know our strengths, and we know that we're competent for that job, and we can do that job. So get out of our comfort zone, get out of this cultural societal issue, and say, "I can do that job. I'm going to apply." Whether I get a match, doesn't matter just get in the habit of applying for jobs putting yourself forward for promotion even if you don't get it to begin with it's just actually getting into the habit of saying I can do that job here I'll give that a go.
0: Yeah and that all starts from building your own self-belief in yourself.
16: Yes comes down to the internal belief systems and the self-value, the self-respect and the self-appreciation and the belief systems all comes down to, when you think of the culture here in Ireland, we had the marriage bar until 1970 I mean, you know, that was ridiculous. Irish women were pushed out of the the, the history books and the the photographs of the Irish history. So it's about bringing back that now and women supporting women. Women need to support women more. And that's what we need to do. We need to say to other women, you'd be great for that job. You should apply it. Yeah,
0: yeah,
16: yeah. We don't do that. And that's what we should be doing. And championing other women. So women need, it's not, not, as I said in the, in the beginning of the interview, it's not about the patriarchal, misogynistic, sexist society. We have to go back to women. Do we support women enough? Do we speak up for women? Do we champion other women? You'll find that an awful lot of women in the midlife years of, within our communities and in the workplace are doing that now. But, and so what we need to do is get into the habit of championing other women and sticking And those
0: women, other women, I could talk to you all day, those women you described <laughs> were maybe did you say midlife or maybe the, midlife, mid,
16: women.
0: Okay. midlife are they, women are they championing are, champion, are they championing young women?
16: Yes and they're also championing other midlife women because... Oh no, no I know that, know that,
0: women of their own, yes. but are they looking to younger generations to say okay yes. I want it to be different for you. I want to give you the skills or I want to talk to you about, you know, how you should be, you know, asserting your. Are, is that what they're with younger women? Yes.
16: That's what midlife women are doing because they see. Midlife, and I'm a midlife woman myself. You know, I'm 55 this week. But I'm seeing where the gap is for younger women. But then, you know, if you go back to in our history, Our midlife women, we had our grandmothers and our mothers, the grandmothers from the the years of the suffragettes. For me, they were the most empowered women uh, of our time and our generation, uh, no, and our history. And we've gone back. We have actually, feminism has become a bad, dirty word now within the society we live in. And that's because feminism has become distorted for the, what actually feminism is. Mm. Feminism isn't just about equality and everything. Shouting out, oh, this inequality. Yeah. We want women, you have to back up facts. You've got to actually say, you know, well, you know, you're a bit wrong there. And any feminist, feminists are not anti-men. Feminists just want equality. And many feminists, and there's more male feminists out there than what there actually is. And that's why I go back to my point the biggest enemy for women is ourselves and Mm. not um, the um, misogynistic patriarchal workplace at all.
0: Okay, listen I'm so glad I caught up with you this morning, it's a pleasure talking to you Roisin, thanks for taking the call I hope hope our conversation encourages other women to get in touch and to share stories with them it's great talking to you, thank you Thank you so much indeed. Bye. Okay, Roshini Harrig Kjellig has um, uh, an organisation and is founder of Confident Women Ireland. You can find it on a Google search yourself. Just a couple of um, texts on this um, with regards to what was your dream as a child with regards to a dream job. I had two dream jobs. One was to be an artist, but my dad told me I'd never make money from it. Money didn't matter to me much back then. My number two choice was to be an interior and exterior designer of homes. But my dad's words didn't give me confidence. I'm currently a family carer, which to some isn't even a job at all. It's a job I cannot give up, no matter how mentally or physically exhausted I am. So there's a lot of sadness in there, and also sadness in the aspect of your dad and the words that he said to you. I wonder if he this time over. Would he have taken those words back? Uh, there are many more like that, which we'll come back to in the morning, but do text 0868104106 on my conversation with Roisin or indeed, what was your dream job? Because the vast majority of people had one but never achieved it. Back after the break.
2: Talk to Neil Prenderville now 0818104106. So your dream Cork's job? Red you can always
0: bam. email neil at redfm.ie on that one or text 0868104106. And I'd love if more women would pick up, or men as well, in the conversation I had with Roisin, text on that one as well with regards to confidence to be more assertive Text 868 Email neil at redfm.ie and I'll pick up on that tomorrow. But the clock is ticking, lads, down to midday when Red FM becomes Ed FM. And a few minutes' time, I'll be going to the Bells of Shandon because we got a crew up there, including Colm O'Sullivan, is going to be a ringing of those bells. But I've been waiting for this all week long because a couple of years back in studio, I had two very, very famous Cork rappers. Um, of course, they're Sparky and Jamie the King, who actually hung out with Ed Sheeran when they were up with them at the Late Late Toy Show. And they have very kindly visited me in studio this morning. So, Jamie the King. Hello. What's happening, bro? Good. Sparky. What's happening? What's happening, man? Are you good? Yeah. Tell me about the song you've written.
17: We I basically mean, wrote a song about Ed Sheeran. Yeah. Called, called Make Ed, Ed Rebel, Rebel Red. Red.
0: Okay. And you're going to do it this morning live in studio, I'm told? yeah now I gotta be sure about it your headphones you may, You said to me make sure the headphones are good and loud so are they good and loud yeah, yeah. okay loud enough for you yep okay you're going to the gig yeah which one
17: Friday yeah. Friday
0: any chance you might meet him hopefully <laughs> how did you get on with it when you were in Dublin
17: good yeah best experience yeah, was best it
0: do. why do you say that was it were you nervous
17: really I am mean, I'm nervous <laughs> <laughs> we were literally shocked when, we when we saw him
0: I'd say he was delighted to hook up with you. He's going a to, yeah. Do you think he knows about the song you've recorded?
17: I hope God so.
5: knows.
2: God knows. <laughs> okay.
0: Well maybe we might be able to get him a copy of it. What do you think, Gary? Would you know about this? Does he uh hopefully, hopefully it's been put on his radar, no? a couple of a couple of avenues and if we can get him up to the cabin that would be the that would be the well thing. I don't see why not he's going to be knocking around for two days and yeah, nights sure like we'll, we'll put him up right? We'll, we'll make him a cup of tea I'm sure the lads will make a song with him more but, you know they'll record him if he, if he if he's a song that he needs to record ok so I've got the backing track right so you're going yeah. to do the vocals live for me yeah Do so, you will I give it a roll ready to go yeah here yeah. we
17: go Edge the miniature landing Cork
0: are we, are we off? Are we off, um, queue? We off queue?
17: Uh, yeah. Okay. We have it. We have it. Let's go.
0: Let's go. Let's go. Just have right. to okay. Count in. Go ahead. Here we go. Okay. So when you're ready, don't worry about it because you've done this a million times. It's just you and me. Ready? Can you count me in. Yeah. One, two, three.
17: Aids. The Mitchell landing Cork. I'll show you around the north side. I'll have my entourage meet your entourage. I'll show you around the north side. We'll bring our mums too. Sound break it down thinking they making a new sound Playing a different show every night in front of a new crowd That's new now, ciao seems Adolf is great now See me, see me, see me Three capital, we represent So Ed, you gotta turn Rebel Red Anywhere else get it out of your head We make it pure car, click like a barn and bread I bet you thought you were done with me Playing pens and laws with Tuberty Me and Jamie on the tie show, no fearing Big shout out to my bro Ed Cheering. Oh, Ed, gotta get it in your head to move down to Corky Plains Town Red. Hang out with Sparky down at the Murky. Chillin' at Perky Queen, we go a party. And when the gig's over, no fuss. We'll head to the cabin on the 202 bus. To knock need to hang with Jamie. We're keeping it real, north side of the lee. <laughs> Round here, yeah, we do it well. Tunes ringing through the city like the Shannon Bells. Me and you, we can make bangers. I know you wanna be a Corky legend. <laughs> The recap it, we represent So Ed, you gotta turn rebel raid. Right. Anywhere else, get it out of your head. We make you pure clicker corn and bread, the it capitulos. We represent So Ed, you gotta turn rebel raid. Right. Anywhere else, get it out of your head. We make you pure clicker born and bread. You need me. On the track with you, You need me on a track with you. You need me on a track with you. you, need me. On a track with you. On the track with you. you need a voice on the track, track with you. Frankie on the track with you. Jimmy on the track with you. you Kevin need? on the
0: track with you. You, you nailed you. it! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey. That's not easy. That needs a lot of timing and concentration. You absolutely nailed it. You're total Great. pros. Well wow! Well done. Feel good? Yeah. Yeah. It's incredible talent. Who who writes this stuff?
17: Um, I wrote most of it, but I think Jamie wrote a bit of the start of it and yeah. the chorus as well. Wow, and then the... Gary helped us record it. Yeah. Ah,
0: yeah. I mean, you've got a great future ahead of you guys. What, what do you want to do? you got to keep doing this.
17: I want to be a rapper and an artist pretty much.
0: Can you, could you rap with me now as opposed to just talking as we're talking? Um, you could do a little worse. The Come little on. I'll oh, give you uh, the beat i do a verse song.
17: Do one, so two, three, four. So oh, many no. it. Mean, Asking right. why this life has roots that I can't decide. The word spinning in my mind like a joyride. So I put a pen to a page going all night. All I need is a mic and an audience. Every lyric that I spit's with gollyness. I'm not like these other rappers full of cockiness. Bring the Venom singer a brain like a scorpion. When I'm on a mic, I won't stumble. When I rap, I make a brain crumble. Stacking up these raps in a bundle. No matter what, I happen to stay in home, boo. What?
2: Incredible. Jamie the King, what about you, bro? Yeah, uh <laughs> let me
17: think. <laughs> a You've had no
1: one to I have one. The King. Will I do that
17: one? Dude,
0: go for it. One, two, three, go. <laughs>
17: I'm the king of Fairfield Meadows. That's my hood, but I'm not from the ghetto. Hello, it's Jimmy Four Roar like a dinosaur. My lyrics cut that beat up like a summer sword. I be playing Fortnite. I be up all night. Tell me where we're dropping boys, dropping boys. The North Side. <laughs> I got power with that mic in my hand. Grabbing your attention. Make you understand.
0: Whoa. Wow, that's incredible. Well done. Oh my God, I'm absolutely blown away congratulations to all concerned. I mean, it was the girls last week and the rappers this week. What's and next? actually, Corbin
13: is uh, Cara's younger brother. So Cara, one of the girls who was with you last week, their brother and
0: sister. Okay, uh, Apple doesn't fall far from the tree. And they have a, a song that they actually made together. It's called um, Got Your Back. And they're going to perform it this Sunday as well at the Black Market. There's a
13: big gig at the Black Market. Thanks, Thanks so much, guys, for, for coming
0: in. Have a great weekend and enjoy the gig and enjoy the market and everything. It's great for you to drop by. I really do appreciate it. Total Thanks. talent in awe well done jamie the king and sparky with make ed rebel red now i've got to quickly go north side why wouldn't you up to the shandon bells call him good morning good morning neil how are you countdown is on to midday when red fm turns to ed fm are you ready what are you going to do for us
13: We are ready. Neil, I'm half ashamed to make a confession to you. It's my first time ever, born and reared in Cork, being up where I'm standing now on the roof of the Shandon Bells. I've never been up here before. Um, And (laughs) the the view is amazing. Oh my God. So you've never rang the Shandon
0: Bells until this day? Until this day. Never in my life have I been up here.
13: And I'm up on the roof now. We've got Marissa, who's the bell ringer. Um, she, uh, the official title for a bell ringer is a campanologist that's something else that I didn't know <laughs> and she's playing away in the background there um, she's just so warming you up there is she <laughs> she's warming up in the background there um, so you can uh, tell her to hold it a little while because I want to introduce her properly okay. and uh, yeah she's playing in the background we'll get a proper listen in a second Neil uh, we're going to play the tune of Ed Sheeran's Shape of You across Cork City here. I can see every little nook and cranny of Cork City as I look down in the beautiful sunny afternoon from the Shandon Bell. And Ed Sheeran, I can see. Can I see Parky Greaves? I can just see the roof of Parky Greaves down below of the main stand there. And uh, if you get a day like this tomorrow, it's going to be amazing. So we're launching Ed FM, as I said, Red FM for the next few days. It disappears. It's gone. It's going to be Ed FM for Ed's arrival in Cork. So we're going to get uh, Marissa here. Uh, the bell just before you
0: do that, OK, yeah. you have a hard act to follow with Sparky and Jamie the King in <laughs> I here. Like, I, I'm going to lock the door and keep them in here rapping for an yeah. hour. But just with regards to playing the bells to an Ed Sheeran yeah. song, I just want to give people an example of what they'll hear, right? Because it will be played by bells. But this is this yeah. is Shape of You. This is what we call a sample, right? <laughs> talking about when it comes through the Shandon bells please don't let me down on this one that's, that's, that's what we want
13: she gave me a little rehearsal a while ago and it is pretty spot on she has it down to a <laughs> T in fairness and there's just 8 kind of ropes for the bells Neil and they all have a different note or a different octave each so basically it's all about the order of which you uh, you pull the ropes to ring the bells and you can play pretty much any tune on it She she's a whole repertoire and she's just added Ed Sheeran especially for Ed FM and Ed's arrival in court tomorrow um, so uh, we'll be we giving a lash.
0: Marissa the bell ringer it's over to you
13: Let's go. Uh, she should be ready to ring any time now. So we'll hear the uh, the bells of Shandon ringing uh, to the tune of Ed Sheeran's Shape of You. So take it away, Marissa. Let's give it a lash there if we can.
2: We're
13: waiting for her to start.
2: She's just warming them up. <laughs> she was
13: just warming them up there, and I was hoping we get a last one here now again. that is are on strike. <laughs> there we go. A good it's
5: there,
0: absolutely, Neil. Um, it's not perfect in fairness to her.
13: It is, isn't it? It's absolutely outstanding, and uh, you probably can't hear it in the background, but I'm hearing some uh, some cars beeping along their <laughs> horns to it up here as well, uh, around the Shandon Street area, uh, who are obviously tuning to us right now. So it's getting the whole Northside rocking ahead of Ed Sheeran tomorrow. It's absolutely that is fantastic. just
0: brilliant. What a great thing to do! A wonderful opportunity that wasn't missed, ringing the Shandon yeah. bells to the tune of Ed Sheeran. Yeah?
13: Neil, just before you go, we've got a couple of visitors from Canada up here on the roof with me as well. So I want to say hello to Fiona O'Connor who's next to me here she's from calgary in canada and she's over here her grandfather was from y'all it's her first time visiting Cork, and she's up on top of the shandon bells right now as well so uh, she was here to witness us uh, launching ed fm as well
0: well it's done it's done <laughs> and it's just approaching midday when red fm now officially changes to ed fm i'd allow you up there to play a few giant tunes in your own time thank you so much Column. thank you to marissa job well done note perfect thank you neil Take care of yourself. And also, can I say a big thank you to Sparky and Jamie the King as well. Nice to see you guys. Enjoy the gig. Thanks for jumping in. That's it, lads. Our lines will stay open. Uh, you can text 0868104106. Pick up the phone on 0818104106. We'll pick up the conversation in the morning because Red has turned Ed and the next couple of days are going to be a hell of a lot of fun Thursday and indeed Friday for both gigs. And we're the official Ed FM station. Have a good day. I'll see you tomorrow.